Episode 2. Episode 2. Attack of the Neocon Clones. Starting off with conversation on Tulsi. Tulsi. Tulsi v. Hillary. But before we get to Tulsi, we have to have the context of Syria. Because that's the context. Back, we've got Trevor, Cy, special guest Lauren. Special guest other Lauren. Hello. Hello. <laughs> No, give the context. Give What's the context? Okay, I'll give this. I'll set the Syria pop. Okay. The thing is, there's this article in Harper's, which we'll share. I'll share with you physical copy, and we can do link in description. Link in description. We have no tags. Good old days. Well, I, I, I read it in the magazine. That's why magazines are good because sometimes you just find good stuff in them. Um, what was the, the, the distinction? The, the distinction was that. Arming ter- American arm- Americans arming terrorists in the Middle East. Yes. Answer is yes. There's no way around it. Yeah. But <laughs> you just can't. There's no way to answer yes, except yes, but. And um, like in the like so I you know like the big a lot of the weapons in Syria, the, these crazy rebels, Al Nusra, Al Qaeda, so on and so forth, came from like Turkey, Qatar, Jordan, All Saudi Arabia, guys. and like states state sponsored and like the. You know, like the sheiks and like these, like the private little like gazillionaires in those kingdoms, also like just like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna funnel money and weapons into these groups like independently of the state. So a lot of the weapons came from like those things, and then the CIA finally got in halfway through and was like, we're gonna arm moderate rebels, and they tried to find moderate rebels. They gave them the weapons, and then the moderate rebels were like, just kidding. Or with Al Nusra, <laughs> you know, or with Al Qaeda, and so that's why our, our our arms ended up in this in the with those sorts of people. I would push back against any character, anything that says America directly armed or intentionally armed or even indirectly armed ISIS. I don't think there's any record of that. Uh, though there is record of Turkey in particular arming ISIS and allowing actively or implicitly supporting ISIS in their like initial like cross the country. Run. Wouldn't you say in like the Syria in the case of Syria, ISIS was like a key, you know, fighting force against. I mean, Assad ISIS had like and, half the country. Yeah, and I mean, it. You know, if we're arming moderate rebels, the CIA is arming moderate rebels, and the moderate rebels are serving under terrorist organizations, whether it's Al Nusra, Al Qaeda, ISIS. Well, like eventually, those American arms do end up in the arms of yeah, uh, of no, ISIS no, members. I, I, no, 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 that was a key no, 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 aspect no, 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 of you're, their. You're mixing your words there. Dude. ISIS and Al Nusra are separate. So when I said there's no American arms to ISIS, that's a specific claim. So where did ISIS get their weapons from? Well, I know I, they commandeered a bunch from the Iraqis. So they ended up with American arms, but that's yeah. not necessarily not because that's because the Iraqis are it, that's <laughs> they have an Abrams tank, you know, like a, yeah, dude, they're like firing guns into the sky. A1 Abrams tank. No, that was just they got those guns because they ran over the Iraqi army, which had been supplied by us. Which I, I think you could make an argument was a good. Good policy to arm the Iraqis. Uh, Maybe not. <laughs> Evidently not. It worked really well. But you know, you could say that's like good. Was po- it though? Cut. Well, based you know, on what? <laughs> well, I think you know, it's like we destroyed whatever. We, this is a whole different conversation. <laughs> yes. The point is, I think the claim that well, I guess the people people don't like Tulsi's claim that they call her an Assad apologist because she's like, let's just get out. Let's let them. Let's let the Syrian people decide. And that's kind of like cheeky to say. Let's because just get out not the way that Trump is saying let's just get out. She wants but even a before then, plan. But even before then she was saying like, I mean, let's if get you out. just get out, you get out. She, she, it's going to be a shit show. sponsored a bill in Congress at some point or endorsed it 
years ago trying to cut funding to the Kurds. Yeah. And Which just yeah. like I think she's trying to sad. cut funding all so this across has been her the Middle East for a while. Yeah, yeah she does. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's totally against the interventionists. And that's yeah. why. Yeah. And that's what segues us to dun dun dun. Tulsi v. Hillary. Tulsi v. Hillary. Hillary. <laughs> Hillary came out of the woods to, to weigh in on, on Tulsi Gabbard and uh, claim she's a Russian asset, claim Jill, Jill Stein's a Russian asset, claim the Russian trolls are supporting Tulsi. And you know what? I think that that particular claim probably has some truth to it because Russian bot farms are very real. <laughs> yeah. And they're looking around at their alliance with Assyria and with Assad. And if you high. think the Kremlin's not like, yeah, tell the bots to, we should, you know, tweet out the support for Tulsi because she's saying, we, you know, let's not, let's work with Assad. So that does, that isn't Russia's interest, but to then go so far It doesn't far delegitimize as, the position. It doesn't point. delegitimize the position yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. It that does like, in the way that Hillary Clinton is doing it, though, because she's using it... Oh, she delegitimizes Hillary's Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I don't think it delegitimizes Tulsi's position that, hey, Assad is a, a world leader, and whether you like it or not, and whether he's good for his people or not, like, we have to negotiate and deal with world governments because we are a distinct country over here. We can't just give away part of Syria to Turkey. That's insane. The, there's a president of Turkey. Then it makes sense that if you're... And there's a president of Turkey, sorry. And there's a president of Syria as well. And if you want to, like, try to negotiate peace in Syria, it makes sense to go with the, you know, pseudo-democratically elected dude. If you Even if he's just, not democratically elected. Yeah. Even if, because he's obviously not. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a brutal dictator, but it's like... He's, you know, yeah, these, he's part of the reason ISIS exists in the first place, right? In response uh, to him? Arguably, arguably. I would say that. Arguably I would part say of it. There was also a factor of, there was a big drought at some point in Syria that, like, also caused a lot of unrest and like also oh yeah that's like one of those claims that's one of those claims it's like oh climate change caused terrorism like okay well not that directly but it definitely did play a hand in the unrest in Syria out of which many different ever shifting terrorist groups and alliances kind of arose this is a common argument for why climate change is so like a national security threat right absolutely I'm totally skeptical on that front I will push back but that's fine we can push back I mean what do you you're already seeing resource wars in a lot of countries that have yeah, but like you know, those resource wars before climate change too. So I don't. Yeah, the, climate the change is worse. That they're worse now. Yeah, not that they yeah. weren't there before. Exactly. Yeah. So it's hard to say like anyone. It's just like any sort of thing with the climate change thing where it's like this hurricane, like no climate change didn't cause a hurricane, but arguably this hurricane is going to be more frequent and more damaging all its equal with with the effects of climate change down the road. So it's like you can never and point to like ISIS just, and just say. Speeds up the yeah. yeah, yeah. Climate change is just that ever-present problem in the background of all other problems. And just like, and it's, it's like, like, like increasing the pressure on the system. On literally yeah. everything, yeah. from like supply chains to food shortages to like political foreign, instability, yeah, like political instability, civil wars, unrest, income inequality. Because like, like the, the structural issues the in the Middle East and why these countries are all fucked up. Pre, it predates climate change. I mean, it predates. It's like you know, it's like it's like you go all through history, and it's like you know, so like Lebanon right now, massive protests in Lebanon against the ruling elite in Lebanon, like hundreds of thousands out in the streets. Why? Because Lebanon is just like, it's a shithole. No offense to the Lebanon, like, they agree. It's like this trap, like they, like the trash doesn't get picked up. All the public services are fucked. Yeah. The economy's in shambles. Hasn't Lebanon been supporting a lot of the refugees though? And like, yeah, they, yeah, because they have no choice yeah. geographically. Well, and half the the country is where they ended up. Half yeah. the country is run by Hezbollah. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. which for better or for worse, I don't know. Like, yeah. Regardless of whether you, you, it's better or for worse. It's like they half the country is run by this militia, and half the country is run yeah. by like a pseudo government and. 
it's a sh- you know it's a shit show. Yeah, and like I, you go to any of these countries, Egypt, Syria, Turkey is like Turkey is like the most reasonably well-run country yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah, argu- you just gotta, with the exception you know, of Israel and you know and like blind Iraq. yourself to the the, the <laughs> decadal ethnic cleansing they participate in. Well, but, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just like it's a Turkey national. Turkey and hobby. Israel are beacons of light. Yeah, exactly. Really <laughs> yeah. world we live in. Yeah, Yo, but okay, so let's go back to Hillary? Tulsi and Assad. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> Tulsi and Assad. Tulsi and Assad. So I think that my knowledge is lacking on the front to which the U.S. ever explicitly was trying to unseat Assad. Oh, okay. Okay. So can well, we? Can someone just give? I would like if Assad gave a breakdown on that because okay. you know more Break details. Down, I'll give the breakdown. Here's my take on it, which is that. I don't think Obama ever had a policy of we are unseating Assad, because if that was the policy, we would have just bombed the shit out of him with some F-16s and some Tomahawk missiles. It would have taken ten minutes. So it was more just like this, like uh, 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 yeah, we we don't want to like get involved, but we we don't want to like let Assad barrel bomb the shit out of his people and gas his people. So we're gonna like give these little weapons to like, and not necessarily trying to unseat Assad, but like maybe to like, I think like we like you know like, it's like you give weapons to the rebels. We were clearly. Your policy is regime change. Yeah, I think like it's implicit, but it was never like Obama yeah, never said like we're getting rid of. I think his advisors were saying stuff like that though. I yeah, think he needs to go. They were about, saying like, like he needs to go. His time has come. Yeah. Like yeah. stuff like that. But I don't it was think never they like ever declared an American policy. Like, because know, if it was, yeah. if that's your policy, then it would have like. But it's very easy I to get it happen. That's a fair point about so it's implicitly kind of, kind of it's moving in that direction by arming his enemies. That's how a lot of our foreign policy works. And domestically, implicit like moves that we make that are not. Coming out and being like, we and, are... And not being honest about it. Like, because the American people would have yeah. never been up for, like, we're re- doing regime change. In fact, so instead, like, yeah. we're not going to do regime change. We're just going to arm moderate rebels. Like... But we didn't, just, like, <laughs> we didn't just, like, give them a pile of guns and, like, dip. We we worked... We fought alongside them. Yeah. So we, it was, well, like... Well, it's... Okay, again, you have to, you have to spread it out because... It's not like we were... They were, like, unsupervised. Like, we kind of... We explicitly gave them weapons under the condition that they would not fight Assad. And well, then well we that was stayed. the Kurds. You had to distinguish the Kurds. Okay, yes. Because we had, like, Syrian, yes. like, we had our special forces there, like, embedded with them. We had the jets flying over, over yeah. above, and the helicopters bombing the shit up. That was, but, like, all the Kurds fought was ISIS. Yeah. So that was, like, our camp, anti-ISIS campaign that I would, like, I would, like, kind of, like, that. bucket that and put that aside. And then, like, on look the... Look at the Civil War. Look on the, uh, the, e- the western seaboard of Syria where the big cities are of Aleppo yeah. and Damascus yeah. and Homs and all those big cities over here. That's where Assad was, like, fighting all these all these al-Nursa, al-Qaeda groups. Yeah. Like, that's where the real shit show was. Yeah. And all the, like, the siege of Aleppo. That's all, like, America never had troops there because it's, number one, it was too chaotic. But that's where we tried to be, like... Arming yeah, moderate rebels and split the different, and it all ended up in the hands of Al Nusra and those sorts of folks. Two point, two points on that though. What Al Nusra? Correct me if I'm wrong. They are also like sort of extremist Sunni yeah, militant groups, you know, just of a like, flavor just of like ISIS. Is also I'm pretty this. sure they were once Al Qaeda, and then they like yeah. they like were like power struggle, mm-hmm. and they so like made their own. Group. It's all sort of this this generic Wahhabi movement coming out of Saudi Arabia that they've been exporting for like decades yeah right and that's like you're just seeing the ripple effects and they call themselves different things yeah like you have al shabaab and uh yeah. where it's somalia right and yeah. it's like it's the same shit it's the same like extremist sunni islam that you see exported from saudi arabia um on the syrian point though and because i do remember this uh obama did start like tentatively beating the war drums and you know what you know the sound of it because you see the cnn reports you see the jets flying overhead you see like all this re- coverage of like you know 
Assad's doing war crimes and they're gassing people. Well, the we gassing was big. Yeah. The gassing was a big thing, and it was like something that happened. But like Obama, everyone, all of his surrogates started going out saying we might have to get involved, might have to get boots on the ground. Here's the line in the sand. And I remember well, no, the it, was, it was a red line, and it red, turned out to be a line in the sand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, but I do remember part of the reason it became uh, you know a line in the sand is because if you looked at polling during that time of like how what was America's appetite for entering another war in another country that uh, no one in this country understands. Another generic about. sandy place. Yeah, like, that we're just gonna, <laughs> we're going to send more American troops there, and it's just like excuse me, all right, have we, can we wrap up Afghanistan and Iraq before yeah. we <laughs> jump into Syria? So the, is yeah. that a, is that cool? Well, that's. That's why. That's why. Like, I, you know, and he's and he's walked it back though because yeah. of those polling numbers. Well, you know, it was, no, it, no sane president would ever start another war. Yeah, like, you'd have to be. It would be it's political suicide to start another war. And to go point. back to the politics, you know, I think Tulsi's sort of speaking to that sentiment that like the and people share that the elite don't because the elite don't the fight the fucking wars. The blob. Yeah, yeah, Democrats and Republicans don't. The, those parties don't fight the wars. It's like conservative voters and Democratic well, that's voters. That's why it's like Trump has that same. It's like the same it, anti-war that's why call, like Tulsi like a Republican because it's like. Because she agrees she with Trump echoes on, with Trump yeah. on this, like, we like should anti-interventionist. Yeah. yeah. And now, of course, her rhetoric is much more sophisticated and, like, oh, you morally, yeah. you know, clean. Than <laughs> we're going to... Because also Trump is, like, kind of like... He's like, we're going to bomb the shit out of them. That's what he said about... Yeah. We're going to annihilate them. <laughs> You're going to bomb the shit out of them I, and take their oil. That's what I mean. That Trump has, has, like, threatened to wipe multiple countries <laughs> off the face of the planet. No other president in history just throws... Tweets that shit out. Yeah. Just tweets, like, we're going to just... Your country's going to be wiped off the earth. Yeah. It's an insane thing to hear from your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Uh, I, it, anyway. Leader of the free world. Leader, Leader of the free, free world, world. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, Hillary is, I mean, and that's, I guess, where it comes back to Hillary and Tulsi, oh, yeah. which is that she, more so than any politician in recent memory, in my view, is like the epitome of that institutionalized D.C. foreign oh, policy oh my God. bureaucracy kind of elite. I'm that have nauseous. this like I'm getting nauseous and it's like you, you can call him neocon you can call him this you, you can call him that it's like it's all it's, it's, it's gross it's the, and it's it's fucking gross and like Obama tried to like was against that totally came in he campaigned as a pres- against it campaigning and I think his gut was against it yeah but it's like very you get drawn in you get drawn in by these like security professionals you get yeah. drawn in by this like like responsible actor type stuff which well, we're seeing like to some degree it is hard like Trump tried to pull out of like you know there's like consequences towards isolationism and like there's yeah. consequences of like hey this is the Syrians problem yeah. like they're just gonna have to work this that out that has its own ethical like, and like, like sort moral, of weight that you have to like, like carry as a leader as a leader let to be like the leader of the free world and be like yes this is a serious problem and like the Russians are getting involved and everybody's like you're just gonna let the Russians run shit now like that's like you yeah. know there's like this like needling of like you're yeah. just gonna let the Russians take over it's like yeah. well like I yeah think, like let them like you know Get their soldiers killed and like ruin their reputations and like have yeah their... and nation build in Syria yeah, yeah let's let, have let's, fun with that yeah enjoy it Russia I yeah. mean of course they're not nation building anywhere they just prop up the other strong men of the world and like I, I, so I mean like they they don't have the uh, they don't have the problem of having like a an ethical like Russia yeah well yeah like they yeah. don't have this yeah. issue of being like having to like keep this like American, facade of yeah. like like ethical high ground like yeah. like immoral righteousness that we try to preserve which yeah. I think rightfully so. Yeah, but like, they, like fine. Like we'll bomb these hospitals. It wasn't us. Like they, like that's what they do. Like they bomb the hospitals. They like take over the country or whatever. And they just go. Yeah. No, that wasn't us. Russia's just, just like, like, deni- like a war. The, the denial of like the obvious fact. Like, you guys just took over this country. Like Crimea. No, that wasn't us. But we <laughs> yeah. didn't just say you know, like it's like the, oh, the little green. Right. That was like that was crazy. It's like yeah. the little green men popped up and it was like wait. 
these guys are here. And it's like, no, that's not us. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, that's it's Russia part of now. us now. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but that never was us. That was, I, we still don't know who those guys were. Yeah, but like, now it's Russia. So that's just how they operate and they have no problem operating like They've that. They've been assassinating people in the UK. Yeah, it's like, just like, and, and Trump has <laughs> gone out and been like, yeah, I don't think they did it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Theresa May, I remember, was like putting out statements like, how how can you possibly say this? This is so unhelpful for you to tweet across the ocean that you think like ah, I don't yeah. think Putin's behind your assassination. Just had like one phone conversation with a world leader and like you just change everything. You're yeah. just like yeah, what you're saying yeah. sounds right. Yeah, sure, let's do that. So one I conversation mean, with everyone. Foreign policy is tricky, tricky yeah. business. But the I think the well, so why did we went into Syria in like 2015, 2014, 2015? Because ISIS was a threat to us. Okay, yeah, we went... Allegedly. Well, and would, this, by the way, is a position that Tulsi that. Gabbard does support. Yeah. She always, like, her kind of, like, tagline is that she is a dove on regime change, but a hawk on terrorism. And, and Which, on the I terrorism front... I think you can split front, that difference. I think you can, if you want to try to split that difference, I think Yeah, I mean... What do you, you think is easier? A war on terrorism? A war on terrorism or... Regime change because personally, I think terrorism ter- ter- terrorism comes from like yeah. a, a failed regime change war. I think right. you end up getting terrorism where you have a like yeah. you know. Well, you have to realize like the war in Syria, right? ISIS, all that shit. That that was all happening before a single American gun went to Syria. Yeah, that like, sure. you have to admit that. So like in that sense, now you can say like American intervention in Iraq spread that instability to, but, but really I think it was like a natural uprising of the Arab spring, yeah. Arab spring yeah. right like mm-hmm. like protests started next thing you know there yeah. was a war next thing you know there was rebels next thing you know ISIS had popped up and was taking over half the country and America said okay wait a second like what is what the fuck is going on and like tried to build a policy I think I think you can be like hey let's do the Kurds because the Kurds seem reasonable and they're fighting ISIS and they've been responsible actors let's give them guns and embed our special ops guys there fight that war which we did pretty successfully yeah like you know the ISIS you know they owned half of Syria and half of Iraq and they no longer do it. that's like a that's it pretty that's like a success that's a successful like like policy and you know yeah. whatever like, and then the question is always now what now what and right. like yeah. wanna, now it's regime change yeah. well now yeah. it's like so yeah so like either we stay there forever yeah. You know, draw the line there. Yeah, because like, it's like... Know, do what we need to do and then get out instead of, like, yeah. stay there and try to influence the next election. <laughs> so, Lauren, let me ask you then. So, if we wanted to take that position and just, like, extrapolate into the future. So, let's say you've removed the terrorist threat from, you know, uh, Iraq and Syria. You've removed ISIS. And now you're looking at this, what you would determine to be a regional conflict between Turkey, the Kurds, Syria, maybe Russia. Iran, if they Iran's want to get involved. involved. Iran's involved. But in Saudi your mind, Arabia things going on. Yeah, but if you're Tulsi, in the mix. you're Tulsi. You're like, okay, this is all. You know, I want to work with all of these nations and political groups, democrat or dip, diplomatically. I don't want to have the military involved, so I pull my military out. Do you think that there is like an opportunity now, if you look at like what's left of Iraq or what the where this conflict sort of sits when you pull those troops out? Is there a chance that you get ISIS 2.0 or you get some other group that like comes out of this? For anything. And so then you but go I mean, back in also, to get them out, and no, then yeah. I don't think that's the obvious answer though, because you know just because we've already played a role in the boots on the ground part of this effort, we you know you go in with a goal. If you yeah, I agree goal, with that. Then you completed <laughs> yeah. your project or your task, and then what you do next is a whole other question with a whole other set of. Set of goals. Set of and goals, you but also a whole other yeah. set of complications. And I don't think it's necessarily always on us, the United States. I mean, you named 
Iran and all those other countries, they also have the opportunity to beef up their boots on the ground. Like, I don't think it necessarily has to fall on the U.S. always just because... To maintain peace around the world. Yeah, I don't think we need to be the world police. This is not like a a novel standpoint. I feel like a lot of people in the U.S. feel that way. But yeah, especially after the two longest wars in American history, I think people have been using that argument. It's like, oh well, we're already there, so we have to just keep going unless it's gonna or else it's gonna happen again. We've been using that argument to maintain our our stay there, and then you know, like feed our other interests monetarily. I just don't think that this is a sustainable foreign policy. Yeah, I agree. I hot take, care to comment? I will comment on that. Cuz I think it's I think the impulse is there, right? Like don't be the world police. That's stupid and it's been ineffective at best. Uh kind of like dastardly evil at worst, right? Like yeah. hundreds of thousands you know, like the the history of Iraq. Um, yeah, you talk about the millions of people we killed yeah, in Iraq for yeah. well, we that, that were that were killed, that were killed. We didn't kill all of them. Lots of other people killed lots of people. I mean, you can argue cause and effect. It's well, really cause and just effect. We're a secondary cause. Well, not a, cause and not effect, you know, history cause. is all a chain of cause. You can go all the way back to fucking Jesus. No, I know, but that's also pretty so. So, okay, so. Okay, wait, wait, wait. The point yeah. being, <laughs> the point being, like, so the case of, the case of, like, I guess, responsible use of power. Like, we have, we are the most powerful nation in the world by far. And we. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Give by far. Take. Like, right? Like, we, we do. Like, we have more, we're, we're more wealthier and than anybody else and we have more power than anybody else and we have the ability to do good should we want to do good right theoretically right we have that power which like for example Denmark doesn't have right like Norway doesn't get to decide like how Norway the world can't fight ISIS not, Norway can't like no <laughs> yeah. straight up like and, and Sorry, people Norway. we tend to think that it, they can but like not even France can fight ISIS like they don't have the resources there's only one country in the world that really has the resources to maybe two multilateral like, like to like do this thing, and it's really just world. us, yeah. and maybe Russia, right? And and like the, maybe the Chinese will get into the game here shortly. Um, maybe that's a whole other conversation. But like in Iraq, for example, um, we did this. We invaded shit show. George Bush mission accomplished. Next thing you know, civil war. Everybody's killing each other. We did the surge. Um, the surge. And, that was and a, Obama, right? No, the surge was of George was that Bush. George Bush. Uh, you know, somewhere in his second term, the surge. Which is like, let's double down, right? Like, we're gonna double down. We're gonna like surge two hundred thousand American troops in here. We're gonna like do this whole thing to try to, and it did. It worked. The surge worked. Like, it the country stabilized. The civil war dissipated. There was like political elections. Like, there was actual like a functioning Iraqi state, and Iraq began to make progress. Granted, from a low, but like progress was being made. Would you say that that progress reached a level of the functioning government that no. existed under Saddam Hussein? No, no. No, probably not. Probably not, but still, progress is whatever. So the surge worked. That's a case of... Progress from our own destruction. Sure, sure, I granted. But what I'm saying is a set of policies to worked. To punctuate that. To, to, you know, like, there's a civil war, right? Whatever happened and caused civil war is... is whatever ha- happened, yeah. Like, I mean, sure, but, like, it's there's a civil war. What are we going to do? We could have just said, you know what, we fucked this country up. We're most likely just going to keep fucking it up. We're going to pull out entirely. Good luck, guys. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that was the right policy, but we instead we did the surge, which was this massive investment of American troops and whatever, Capital. and it worked. Like it, the country was pacified by and large. Civil war dissipated, elections, blah blah blah. For the next ten years, Iraq. That's like two thousand five to like twenty fifteen. Um, somewhere in 2012, 2013, Obama was president. Now the country is just like kind of like a shitty democracy, kind of like corrupt but like functioning. 
borderline functioning like it is. The lights are on. The lights are on and like, yeah, you know, arguably progress on. is being made. Um, and it's, it's a democratic country. To some sense, it's like there's elections. There's like parliamentary elections as a pre prime minister, all that stuff. You delivered freedom. Freedom, freedom, whatever. So then like um, Obama had the choice of uh, keeping American troops in that country or not. And we didn't. Somewhere in 2013 or something, we pulled out like the last 5,000 or 10,000 American troops. And there was like, there was negotiations with the Iraqi government about like how the those, handoff. the handoff and like yeah. how we're going to do this. And we chose to say, a lot of people say we need to keep these troops there because the Iraqi government's still fragile. Their military is like fragile. There's going to be bad consequences if we pull out. And I think a lot of people said, no, like the Iraq war is over. There's peace, mission accomplished, actually mission accomplished. Our goals are set into place. Mm -hmm. And so we pulled out. Two years later, ISIS came through and rolled the entire Iraqi state all the way almost to the gates of Baghdad. Mosul, like three quarters of the country were yeah. rolled by ISIS. Uh, their military crumbled, dust in the wind. We literally got involved because they were about to take Baghdad. Like ISIS was about to take Baghdad. Yeah. And that's when we started bombing them and we drew the line. And actually the Iranians got involved and helped. That's what the Iranian... This was this was under this is this is the Obama so like um, this was all during the Obama presidency so like there's arguments right there of being like now you can pick this apart and make you know get into the details of this and I don't know the history well enough to necessarily argue it but I think there's a case to say like there was an opportunity to maintain 10,000 troops in Iraq and continue to train and beef up the institutional strength of the Iraqi military Korea in order style. in order yeah Korea style Japanese style like yeah. to like basically solidify the gains you've made, the responsible use of American power, solidify the, this democratic state, this fledging democratic state. Is and we a non-violent yeah, I mean, organization? Because I'm fine with non-violent so, I mean, so I'm just saying, like, yeah. so this, this, this is an example of, of, I would say, people would point to that example of saying, that's a case of mission accomplished, let's get our troops out, not our problem anymore. And the consequences of that were, were ISIS. ISIS. And, yeah. the, and the redestruction and the much more violent destruction yeah. of of three quarters of Iraq and Syria, um, so but, to to your yeah. point, like it, that's a point. That's an example where we there's always there's these decisions I, that are constantly being back? made. Yeah, you're. I, I agree with you in this, but at the same time, like you're removing the critical point, which is the fact that their government crumbled just because we started a war with the country. This is no, no, a no. different yeah. circumstance. Amen. This I, is a different no. circumstance Amen. than us. Going into what, what was it for the what, Korean Syria, War is that? Oh, Afghanistan. And just like well, right now yeah. we're talking about like pulling out after we've done mission accomplished. So we like armed the Kurds, they got ISIS, and if before we, ISIS, no, 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 when we when we like took back Iraq, when we before before ISIS showed up, when we like like solved that Iraqi civil war, established a government, trained their military, we have ten thousand troops still there. What yeah, do you I'm do not with talking those about troops? that. Oh, okay. You, you, you're just talking about that example. Okay, of, yeah. what are you, what are you I'm talking about, about yeah. what we were talking about previously, where it, I'm pretty sure it was we armed the Kurds, and the question was, do we It's another. Leave? This is another example of right. that kind of same truck. So. But I don't think that it's the same thing, because we didn't start a war in Syria that caused the, you know, the country to essentially collapse yeah, that was and then decide to leave. Yeah. We saw that there was a problem. Yeah, we we armed help. them. Yeah. We let them take care of it with our help. Yeah. And then once we got to mission accomplished, we were ready to withdraw in a strategic way. way. 
that's different than going into a country, crushing it, than doing like a last minute like attempt yeah. to rebuild an economy yeah. so that it's at least partially running, and then like withdrawing our troops when they're already not doing well because of what we had done to them. I know. I'm, I'm, know? I'm not, I'm not saying like, that. It, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that these are examples where there's consequences. And, and that's an example of a, a seriously negative consequence to the world, to the Iraqi people, to our interests, to the right. world as a whole, because of, withdrawal, with, because of withdrawal, because of withdrawal, because of like this sort of like, we're not the policemen, it's not our problem anymore. Now that maybe that was, I don't know, I'm just saying like, in, I, in the case of, I think the case of Kurds, which you're pointing at, I think that's a good, I think we should pull out of Syria, it's not our problem. But there's yeah. like, it's not always the right answer. No. And the and, and this the case of I think Iraq the to solve that is just to not get involved in the first place. But, well, but, yes. but the world is the world. We're here. Like, yeah, the world is we're here. Yeah, but in the future we have we have the, the can, like, opportunity learn, yeah. to change our, I know. our policy. But we're not talking about the future. We're talking about right here now. I want to present this counterfactual though, because this is when you were talking and describing this war, we've had this conversation in the past. But I just think it is important to not just say, like, yeah, I know we're here now, but the point is before we invaded Iraq. There's plenty. There was not enough communication to the American people, and I'm not oh. trying to relitigate the. The record was a mistake. Everyone, the worst mistake ever made mistake. in American foreign policy. I don't like think the worst. There, why yeah. were there like? It's not discussed that it's way, though, point. right? Like it's known, and everyone sort of like acknowledges that at this stage. Yeah. But there's not a true, honest, national discussion about the fact that we invaded another country under faulty intelligence propaganda, whatever you want to call it, yeah, yeah. the executive branch misled the American country and let, let our misled our voters, misled Congress and allies, allies everyone, dragged us into this regime change war, yeah. took out Saddam Hussein, who was a bad dude, but at least had a, was running a stable country, yeah. completely destroyed it, to Lauren's point, yeah. right? And then led to a civil war, which then, yeah, maybe the surge was the right decision then. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. happy to acknowledge that at this stage. Probably was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Probably yeah. was. But... To, to Lauren's point, like, it is possible to say, hey, we shouldn't have gone to Iraq, and it's possible that, to examine that in a more intelligent and thoughtful way, and that should inform all future policy, policy yeah. decisions. There's it no should be on the point. mind of every legislator yeah. that yeah, like, the totally. executive branch took us into conflict. So when Pentagon sources start leaking to CNN or the New York Times saying, like, oh, Iran like, did it. yeah, Iran did it, Iran fired these missiles, we gotta invade Iran, we gotta... Like double down on sanctions, which hurt the like poor Iranians more than the the ones in power. Like, really, what I'm watching is just a repeat of the Iraq War. I'm just it, it's a different context, sure. it's a different sure. government, different culture, different setting, but at the same, it's the exact same situation nonetheless. It's the same as Vietnam. Oh, okay, sure. There's yeah. no point in like discussing these past wars and like discussing what worked and what didn't if we're not going to then apply that to all, everything that we okay. do. In you the have future. to learn the lessons of history. The Iraq War is a the most important lesson of my life, you know, which in terms Hillary of form, which Hillary voted for. Good point. Back to Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary, why are you even in, why yeah. are you involved? Yeah, yeah I wish I wish she would stay on the news. This is a good opportunity to tie Well, because there's no responsibility. This comes back to no accountability. Okay, yeah. So what did what did Hillary say recently? Can we recap that? Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 So yeah, go back to Hillary Tulsi. Yeah. Hillary, I don't know. What did Hillary say? Okay. So you can get it, Lauren. So essentially, Hillary went on a podcast called, I think, Campaign HQ, and uh, made a statement that, here. Hillary, who lost the general election to a reality TV star. Yep. Yes. Um, and so, a quote from, it's a Fox News quote, and I will note that Fox News is one of the only mainstream news, if you want to call it that, 
organization <laughs> that is actually nation. reporting on this. Yep. So, um, the quote is, she's the favorite of the Russians, Hillary added, saying that they have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far. Um, and she said a few other things as well, but essentially... She called her a puppet. She called her a Russian asset. And can you want to pull up uh, Tulsi's yes, tweets? Yes, I will. Yeah, because so, Tulsi clapped back at Hillary in a yeah. hilarious way. I mean, say what you will about Tulsi. There's nothing to support that. Like, I mean, I think you're right about the Russian bot machine maybe it's just true. kind of like if you're gonna, throwing a lot at the wall and seeing what sticks. If, if, you, go to, I don't, if you go to RT News, like the Russian network... They love but, Tulsi. They love Tulsi. They get more... She but gets more coverage on that network well, she, it's just like, well, like it's okay if American interests align with Russian interests. Like, God forbid. Yeah, yeah. God forbid. Why does it have to be so black and white like yeah. that? It's like, or like we do anything that Russia doesn't want us to do, just like because okay. like fuck them. You know, that's yeah. like not a foreign so policy position. So this, is, this is what Tulsi Gabbard tweeted in response to yes. uh, Hillary calling her a Russian asset. Uh, and a, a, essentially a plant for the Ru- Russian government. Just like she uh, claimed Trump was. Which, is, again, I think it's, I love that. I love that. <laughs> she goes, great, thank you, Hillary Clinton. You, the queen of warmongers, embodiment of corruption and personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party for so long. Boom! Have finally come out from behind the curtain. From the day I announced my candidacy, there has been a concerted campaign to destroy my reputation. We wondered who was behind it and why. Now we know. It was always you, through your proxies and powerful allies in the corporate media and war machine, afraid of the threat I pose. It's now clear that this primary is between you and me. Don't cowardly hide behind your proxies. Join the race directly. See, I honestly, I'll say that this to Tulsi. annoyed too. Yeah, it's like the first, she should have left yeah. it the first quote, yeah. the first week. The yeah. last year, it's like, becomes like this, like, it's like, come on, like, Tulsi. You know she's it was you, you know the she's whole time. It's not, it's not, it's obviously not Hillary pulling the strings and covering all of D.C. But it is like, the institutional. Yeah. But it is the institution. Yeah. That's really what Tulsi's pointing at. Is and that Hillary that, is just a representation, she's just like a, she's an the embodiment. embodiment. She is yeah. like the ethos yeah. of so D.C. So it kind of is her. She's like this distilled, like, like, corrupt, vacuous, like, just shell that is filled with like dollars from Goldman Sachs and Raytheon and like Saudi Arabia. She just takes in the dollars and then executes on the, the corporate I'm glad policies. we can talk about this, like about Hillary like this now, because in 2016 election, we weren't allowed to say these things about Hillary. I, I was I saying them, I was saying them, and like everybody was like telling me that I was a Trump supporter. And I was like, listen, I can see why people don't like Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like the biggest failure of our, of, of, Leadership in like of our, of our elites of all of the you know of the generation the biggest failure after the Iraq War uh, is was the allowing Hillary to be the nominee against yeah. Trump like God forbid they they, they shut down every would have been better with Martin O'Malley honestly we would have been better with Martin O'Malley yeah <laughs> yeah Mar- Martin, Martin O'Malley he's the one who would have beat Trump all, he's the one who parents, would have carried us to victory he honestly would have there's so much hate would. for Martin O'Malley in my house I know of course yeah, it's just like, <laughs> but like, Demo- like Maryland's not a big like voter block like, no one else is knows he from Maryland he would have just yeah, been like generic not Trump generic not Trump that wasn't hadn't voted for the Iraq war like Hadn't taken six hundred thousand dollars from a Goldman Sachs, like insane. hadn't like insane. taken that's, all this money. That's in, in this progressive got behind. <laughs> yeah. It's like this. This woman totally. took over half a million dollars from Goldman Sachs. It's like that's like blatant corruption. Goldman I mean, Sachs. That's more blatant corruption than like putting G seven at, at their resort. Like Bernie yeah. Sanders, who could have, who might have beat Trump. Yeah, oh, it's all speculation now. We'll never like, know. I mean, but yeah, Bernie would. I think would have beaten Trump. Bernie's eating up again. He at least would have. Yeah, I don't he's know. Right. I can't even entertain he's got, this. He's got a pig's heart. This hypothetical. Just, but so uh, are we Bernie needs to wrap up the Tulsi 
situation? Well, I mean, or? I just I think it's incredible that she's calling. I do love that she's like. Well, I think you're talking you're, out to Hillary. Your massive like statement where you made where you were like, we need to learn the history, the lessons of history. Yeah. Like, the fact that Hillary's allowed to discuss anything. Yeah. Oh my is, god. Is like a, exactly. is an example yeah, of like exactly. how 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 was she allowed to talk about have... foreign policy when her two biggest achievements were the Iraq War vote and the. Uh, the, Lib- the war in Libya, which yeah. now is a completely a failed, failed state, state. that breeds yeah, yeah. uh, human oh trafficking, ha- true human trafficking, and ISIS. Like it's like its day job. So, like, I mean, you can that's a, that's, that's not where it stops with her. You can I, look at the the money, the Clinton Foundation, and the dollars. Yeah, it's that just takes. totally bonkers. So, I just, I think, I mean, the thing is, go on the stage of the Democratic stage right now, and I don't think you'll find a single person who agrees with uh, Tulsi. No, you won't. Right, like I don't yeah. think you will. I think every single person on that stage is pro keeping troops in Syria, yeah, and staying in like Kurdistan, the, the Kurdish region of Syria, and kind of just like helping the good guys, you know, and like keep an eye on Iran. Is like, that really? I, I think most of those people are, and I think th- I think they would argue like they would give you some like progressive spin. They'd be like, "Well, we have to do, do, do yeah, progressive spin," and they'd be like, "Well, Donald Trump," but I don't like. The whole establishment wants to stay in Syria, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. and I think the only two people that want to get out of Syria are Donald they, Trump and Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Like, well, right? but they're essentially saying what you were just saying, right? That like there's a responsible way to scale down troops, and like yeah. we need to like. Well, yeah, I do right? think Trump. That, that was all. That Trump, was a Hillary Clinton talking point as well. Like the kind of like, you know, at all action or no, non-action both have real consequences. Therefore, you have to treat everything like it. Like an active stance, right? Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what you were saying as well. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily, I see the internal logic of that, but yeah, yeah I mean, there's, Hillary's there's a hawk and there's, there's never been a war she she didn't vote for. Yeah, yeah. Like her yeah. and Dick Cheney are like best friends on that front. Yeah, you know, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, and, I, and like yeah. I don't know, like you, you don't hear them they're, they're talking about foreign policy really, except to say that Trump's bad at it. Um, yeah, and I don't think really any of them have a cohesive like. Foreign policy That's what's framework. kind of refreshing about Tulsi is to the extent that like the Democrats, like you're right, they have they never speak to foreign policy at least and not intelligently or with yeah. any nuance. And you know I don't know that Tulsi's really coming at it with any nuance. She's kind of just drumming the anti-regime change yeah. war. Sometimes thing it does seem over. like she just doesn't. She's quite... a little robotic, but yeah. at least it's like a coherent like vision of how we should be interacting with our military in the or, world. And even even if it's yeah. not. I mean, at the very least, it's like she's learned the the lesson of the Iraq War. Yeah, like, clearly she's learned it. Yeah, like you right, as someone who's like there. bare minimum. Yeah, that's true. more than like a lot of those people. Yeah, like, she's you, like taking real knowledge from that experience. Well, Joe Biden. Oh my God, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's on the oh, stage. God. He's like the, the front runner or, or or near front runner, and he voted for the Iraq War. This is what I'm saying. In 2019, the idea that there can be an, a, any Democrat with any credibility who voted for the Iraq war is just insane to me. Yeah. It's insane to me that there are people walking around right now in our government who voted up for us to invade Iraq and that voters have not learned about that held them and then held them accountable. It's yeah. because of, I mean, it's, it's honestly because, and this is where like Tulsi brings in the media. She brings in the whole blob, right? Yeah. Like CNN is not beating this. In. It's CNN's job to educate the people on these issues. If they were a real journalistic enterprise, yeah. even Jay the New York Times, yeah. Washington Post, you don't see any of them. There should be a list of, here are the politicians still in office who voted yes to the Iraq War. Yeah, everyone who, should know who that information. Voted no to the Iraq War besides Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Besides him, who else? Well, the, the thing with the Iraq War is what's crazy about it is the, the same. This, was she, she in wasn't, politics? She at the wasn't time? a senator yet. At the no, time. she was. I think still law. Yeah, she. The, the Iraq War had the same yes/no vote in the Senate as the uh, declaration of war in World War Two. 
That's like mm. a stat that I recall. Wow. I'm not, now but it can, wasn't a declaration of war. I, it was an know. alteration of, of use of yeah. military force, but still, same idea. Modern dec- our, our Congress doesn't vote on wars and, anymore. And English, they, the English language no longer means anything. A war now is the authorization of military force. Insane. We don't, That's we don't another use, insane We don't thing. use the word war because it's like, God forbid, we use like clearing. Ra- clearing Rand right. Paul's right. the only one I hear so. actually talk about that. He gave a, an incredible speech like a year and a half ago. It was like 30 minutes long on the, on the floor of Congress just being like, Congress needs to vote on wars again. Yeah. So I'm introducing resolution for a vote so that everyone here can decide whether Congress should vote on wars or not. Yeah. That's the vote. It's a, almost a meta vote. Yeah. Just like Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Interesting. Right? Yeah, because yeah. he's coming from that like libertarian, libertarian anti-war yeah. perspective. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, Congress has a job to do. And a big part of that job is declaring war on other nations. Well, that's the and, Senate, yeah, the yeah. Senate, yeah. And if, and if we're not going to do that, then like well, we're we're not we're not acting responsibly in our in our positions. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, it's I go this gets into more of a question about like the democratic like state of the country, which is that democratic low D lowercase D democratic state of the country, which is that like nobody cares. Quite yeah. frankly, I don't think the voters care. Like, and well, the, and like there's, I think the, there's the voters that care about. Um, Politics, so like those people that actually vote, right? Which is already maybe only some crazy proportion of the of the total voter population. 50%. Yeah, of those voters, where where is the fact that we haven't voted on a war, like you know that we have like ten wars going right now, on their like list of priorities? I would say it's. I think I'd it's an it's education like, problem because yeah. like Congress, like if you pull on. Are you for invading Syria, for instance? It's, every American is like, no, yeah. right? If you poll on invading or going into war, every American is like, no. Now, if you poll them on which like legislators are voting for, are authorizing wars, or like which like legislators voting are, are, are yeah, well, yeah they have like no it's like idea. A more, it's a more erudite concern, right? Like, it's a harder thing to rally people around. Like, it sounds like school. Like, you yeah. don't really understand it. That's like, there was a Democratic primary debate a couple months ago. We were talking about the filibuster, and it's like. Yeah, like we should end the filibuster. Like, there's no, a I'm lot of structural yeah. reform that makes sense, but it's just like not a sexy issue. Like, yeah. people just don't really get it and don't really care. I mean, I, yeah, I agree, and I, I do think, I do think the if, electoral college. I think, uh, well, I'm for electoral college too, but that's a whole different question. Uh, <laughs> um, I do think if like Pete Buttigieg, one of those guys from there, said one of my policies, you want to know my foreign policy? My foreign policy is that I will enforce the Senate to vote on every. Uh, uh, military action. Oh my god! And existing like uh, current military action, and any future war. I will, not go, I, will not, I will not go to war <laughs> unless the Senate votes on it, and I will end any war that the Senate fails to authorize first day in office. That's incredible. Like I think you can make that a camp. Like I don't have a foreign policy. That's my foreign my policy. My foreign policy is yeah. I'm going to hold the legislature. Yeah. Accountable. I'm going to hold the American people accountable too because yeah. now the American people have to vote. I have to vote somebody out of office or keep them in. Yeah. They have to choose. Yeah. Which I think is also important. Like the people yeah. also have to choose to go to That's war. That's a way to seed executive power from the executive branch too in a really nuanced not nuanced, but just like elegant way. Yeah. To say like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm going to pull all the troops out from all the wars we're in unless, unless you vote unless you vote on it. Unless you authorize that's, it. That's that's a that's an incredible gesture yeah. from a sitting president well, to say, like, hey, let me all this power that's accumulated over the last tw- two decades it. and last like five yeah presidencies like i'm gonna hand that back to you yeah guess yeah. what no more and, vietnams and you, you haven't only world war ii you haven't seen a, a leader seed with power like that yeah. since george washington voluntarily stepped out after two terms first president like you know like that's like it's so rare for any person in, yeah. a, in a position of power to seed power 
It's yeah. it's unhur- it's so against like no. the basic eth- like human complex and so institutional complex. Like, it yeah. never happens, and that's why we were where we. So explain be, George Washington to me. Is this just like some mythic, legendary yeah. figure from history, or is this like what what was it about that old. context? They didn't live as long back then. Well, I mean, well, so, well, well there's a whole. Well, we, are we going to go into this little bit of history right now? Just like what? give me like five minutes because like when I really. When did two term limit get? Because of him. Oh, no, 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 whoa, whoa, no, no. Oh, no, it was, no. Yeah. So the thing is... It was a convention because it of It was him. a convention a- until FDR, because FDR oh, had three terms. Oh, that's right. No, Only four, after technically. FDR, yeah, four, four. when he died. It was right. an informal rule because Washington served two terms. Four terms? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just kept saying, he's like, this isn't an official law, so I'm just going to keep being And president. everybody voted him in, it was fine. And, there was, and it was wartime, and everyone was like, yeah, there was like, fine. It was the Great Depression, he won two in a row, and then I think in 1940... Whatever, something like he won his fourth. Ter- I think it was it. It's either three or four. He served. I thought like it was three, three in like a quarter. Yeah. or something. He, and then yeah, Truman really died. And, yeah. The, but after that, it was passed as a. I think is it a constitutional amendment? I think or, that yeah. was something. It was either Truman, an amendment or a law. That was part yeah. of Truman's yeah. administration. So, which you know, I think was good. We needed that because yeah, we, clearly, we term God, God forbid. Yeah. Um, but before that, it was just institutional like convention, which tells you the strength of institutional convention at least. But yeah, the well, at the president time. doesn't show you. Anything. I mean, I think George Washington. I mean, the reason it's like it is mythic. It's like become it's become it's part this, of our legend. But I just want to know what is it about? What do you think? Is it, it is well, listen, was it, about think, his think about any other country or his that, that forms any other country in that you can think of any other kind of revolution in which the we we dispose of the, the previous power and we create our new power, and in that in that power structure, I don't just take all that I can. Right? Any yeah. revolutionary like in like for example, all the history of contemporary history of Africa. All these like revolutionaries that Chinese take power. Revolution, all these revolutions, like the, and it's like the people Russian that take revolution. power. Like the, if you, the history of Ethiopia is like so fucked. There's like there's this king, monarch, authoritarian king. The Marxist rebels for the people take over, and they just become boom, the military king. junta, and they're like they've ruled the country with iron grip, totalitarian grip ever since until in the last maybe like ten years. So like, this right. is like the nature of all human history is that like people don't cede power, and so. He became the president because he won the war. He was like the most popular, you know, figure, unitary figure. Everybody voted him in. He did two terms, and the country wanted him to stay on. Yeah, like there was the support for him to stay yeah. on. All the whole, everybody wanted him to stay on, and he said, for the good of the country. He basically, and it's you know, yeah, he, it's well, it was, it's a, it was a state that he had helped design, like. And five years ago. Totally. So yeah. He was not just thinking about his... It's not like there was an existing structure that he was trying to, like, maneuver around. Like, it no. was... He was setting these conventions... He could have stayed with, there. By resigning a, when he did, or refusing to, you know, run yeah. for another term, and totally. also, like, you know, to, to, drafting the Declaration of Independence. Like, all of this stuff. To say my ego... To, like, to take... To make your, place your ego and be like, the best thing for this country, and for me, and for every... Like, is for me to step down. Yeah, it's crazy. Is, is you don't see that. You we have not seen like that sort of leadership. That sort of like. So why? What What do you think he was motivating that? Is that just? A, I think. I mean, is I, he I, just a statistical outlier on the human nature bell curve where he's just the? I think the no, thousandth of a percent I mean, chance that there that is like there's like this cult of like happened to lead a war effort and there's win. the founding fathers May cult, I? you know, culting thing. Yeah. Lauren has some research, some cell phone research. Let's hit yes. it. Let's I wonder if you heard my comment before that he left because he was old. Yeah. In 1796, Washington declined to run for a third term in office, believing his death in office would create an image of a lifetime appointment. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. That's, so See, that's a good... 
It's a mix then. It's a mix then. Yeah. Practical, he pro- but also he ideological. He left the office in 1977 and he died in 1979. So go. two years later. So yeah. he knew he was old and healthy. He was old. Simple That's, as that. Well, <laughs> well, and he was he trying to set a precedent. Again, yeah, I mean, he did want to set a precedent. Yeah, exactly. Because so, like most people do do that. It was created by his retirement from office. Yeah. yeah. And so establishing that is was like, I mean, who knows what the counterfactual of American history is? But there's no reason to think that like revolutionaries overthrow dic- you know colonial dictator, set up their own democratic institutions, and oh, democ- democracy flourishes for the next, you know, two hundred years. Yeah. With continual like increase in whatever quality of life, yeah. quality of life, and you know expansion of the justice. Like right, obviously there was an imperfect democracy. We all like we know, yeah. but like whatever, that never happens. Like go like go look at the, you know, <laughs> that same story. Hap- like you can we play that same story all over the world, and that very rarely happens at the very least. So that's why there's like that like cult of uh, mythic lit to it because. I don't know why it happened, it did ha- but it did happen, and it was ahistorical. It like stands apart in history. Yeah, there's a yeah, really yeah. interesting. Uh, see, I, I'm really I'm a, I'm an so that's, sorry. Yeah, to well, bring it back to where we were, which is if the president were to cede power to yeah. like oh yeah yeah to yeah, to, to, to to yeah. have lead lead the nation by or the or a woman the, the, if the president was to lead the nation by ceding power and saying this is what leadership is this is what we need like the, the best thing for the country for is not my ego I can fix the problem but faith in the institution of the Senate in, yeah. our, in, our, in our democratic norms like and lead from by example by doing that, that that's the kind of like regeneration of like the democratic ethos and like the Republican like repu- lowercase com- Republican like the idea of an our, as our Republican norm, right, norms right. Yeah. like that could like be a huge thing, a huge pivot point in American yeah. history where we return to like our democratic institutions. You have to couple that with, with campaign one, finance. One good leader. You have yeah. to couple that with campaign again. finance. Yeah, it's like too. why do we have bad leaders? Why don't we have the leaders? And you could argue like, yeah. why don't why don't those sorts of leaders the like state, the state exists because people are inherently bad, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not to take well, it there, but totally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if there was if, if yeah, men or angels, then we wouldn't yeah, have to. I mean, state. and then yeah. that kind of. I don't know, explains the problem we're in right now. Yeah. The state was created because people are inherently bad, and what have we found about the our state? Our state needs it's a state. It's also bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah our state yeah. needs a state. Yeah. Which is, that's, the, <laughs> yeah. that's the crux of the human dilemma. But I, I, you know, there's like this, like, kind of like I, interpretation of history. Like, every once in a while, people come along that, like, change the course of history. And that's like this, like, kind of like narrative, like, story of history, great figures of history, like, all of a sudden, like... I just don't... You know I don't buy that as much. I know you don't buy it, but it's, it's like... like I it's a, think it's a narrative it's, that's written after the fact. And like, it is. Even the but it's important. Myth, it's important. Right? It's think, narrative. And yeah, it's, it is important, and it helps future generations. It helps the present day, like, create an identity. And, and it can inspire someone to take that step. For sure. To take yeah, that leap, yeah. because it's like, I view history as this narrative. I am go. I'm, I think that it definitely is. No, I mean, look at like. It's definitely what someone has to take this step. Yeah, it's just gonna, it's step. gonna be on I mean, somebody. Imagine the the effect of a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Malcolm X, just like within the civil rights movement and like black freedom movement in general. Like and you could, people like a figurehead to rally around, even yeah. if after the fact they're celebrated more than it actually was. I mean, and that's only like, to say that their over, influence yeah. was like carried over for that long. Yeah, I guess that's my, more my point is that I, I, I acknowledge that like myth creation is a crucial aspect of yeah. like any cause crucial. or any any like anyone wanting to change the world 
needs, I mean, this is like some Joseph Campbell shit, right? Like, you just, man needs myth, yeah. right? Like, humanity needs myth. It's the way we've built, it's the, the, the fictions we keep telling ourselves from like, the people Harari, need myth. Right? And, and each and person needs it, like a myth person of themselves. Each myth of identity, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So as a society, you create your identity through these myths. And in the American case, you know, it might be George Washington, yeah. who maybe was like, you know, yeah, principled enough to step down early. Yeah. But also, it was like, time was up. Yeah. You know, it probably would have been three terms if the life expectancy was a little longer. Yeah. If he was 60, yeah. maybe the convention would have been four terms. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you know, so we got to create that myth, though. So then yeah. we, got, we got a beautiful convention out of that. And then, you know, yeah. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, too it's like the same thing like great individuals who clearly had an impact in their time and they carried a lot of their myths with them right like yeah. you can hear the bible and everything martin luther king saying which right? isn't necessarily a bad thing not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> he needed that to put that was the wind in his sails to create his you know yeah. and now we've yeah. mythologized him and hopefully we can continue to do so to the yeah. extent that that furthers you know his ideas you're in perfect agreement here yeah so wait we no, do need. Just, yeah, I agree with everyone. Yeah, I was just. I think we were just talking a little bit about the philosophy of history ideas. here. We're yeah. getting into like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I, what is history? Uh, but imagine. I would like. I mean, I, I, it makes me sad. I always. I think the Trump thing is. I. I, I think about the Trump thing as oh, myth destroying. Well, myth destroying, also busting. the failure of our elites. Like we, well, I'm not like you and I. We don't get involved in politics. We don't really. Ha- all we have is our vote, and conceivably we could talk to a few people and like maybe influence it on a very small scale. It's not up to us. There's like this we class of rally. I'm like always saying how I wish that people rallied and protested the way that they used to. I feel like people have become really well, comfortable just because there's so much. Let's rally behind. Days. Let's see the increase in democratic norms by voting on the authorization of military force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Million man march. No, it's like I don't know. It's it's tough. Rallies are tough. Like you know, yeah. it's like really hard to like get. You that. look at Chicago right now. There's a huge teacher strike. And, yeah. And rep- yeah, and, and that's for like very like specific like self you know specific goals that intro, yeah. those people and local and right. like well, yeah. That's yeah. The, just like, like and there was there were anti war like like anti war the rallies of the anti war movement during the Iraq war era yeah then were huge everybody was like oh yeah we won <laughs> oops <laughs> you know like no we didn't but um. Someone came to Obama and said, "Hey, let me introduce you to this new tech. It's called a predator drone." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Targeted strikes. Yeah. Um, no more boots on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Do your killing from home. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, that's that's what we'll we'll need. We'll need. I mean, we'll need someone from our our political class to sift up and like return the norms of like of like the the country via. It's dem- democratically elected representatives in the Senate need to need to vote on our military use, yeah. and like right now we haven't yeah. done that in 50, we haven't done that in twenty twenty years, twenty yeah. years I think no, since, exactly. since since Iraq yeah. we haven't voted on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read a a little blurb from what Washington stressed before he left office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's hit it. This uh, is his famous speech. Uh, source Wikipedia. So. Uh, <laughs> you know it's good. <laughs> I actually edited this article right before Lauren read it. (laughs) (laughs) Washington stressed that national identity was paramount while a united America would safeguard freedom and prosperity. He warned the nation of three eminent dangers. Regionalism, partisanship, and foreign entanglements. We don't have problems with any of those. (laughs) We're we're good. He said the name of American which belongs to you, quote, name of American which belongs to you in your national capacity must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations. 
Washington called for men to move beyond partisanship for the common good, stressing that the United States must concentrate on its own interests. He warned against foreign alliances and their influence in domestic affairs and against bitter partisanship and the danger of political parties. He counseled friendship and commerce with all nations, but advised against involvement in European wars. He stressed the importance of religion, asserting that religion and morality are indispensable supports in a republic. Do you think Washington okay. fights Hitler? Dated, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I also, think... Also, the nature of globalism has changed since yeah. the I mean, late I, 1700s, right? Like, yeah. totally. we live in a global world. Well, that's and also, I mean, our, our country's made up of immigrants. With, quote, amendments. Our economy <laughs> relies on exports. I like, mean, I don't know. Our you know, entanglements I, are still there. It's just well, on the well, war part. Well, I, I would it's argue... It's because we're, like, anti-immigration, but pro-war. I don't think that's, yeah. Well, governmentally, why not yeah. public? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I do. I do think like at that time America was like legitimately a small fry. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the like the British Empire was this world conquering machine, right? Like yeah. All like right the French Empire, the Spanish Empire, were like the, the German Empire, the yeah. Russian Empire. These were like the all world beating machines, and America was literally like. We were like the little peon that gets played with, like that we how we play with little countries now, like you know, yeah. like like we how we like play games with countries now, like that was us. Yeah. And so he was saying, like, if you're in like um, I mean, I'm trying to think, like if you're in Ukraine, right, and Ukraine's just being completely tossed around by Russia and and America and NATO, and like they're getting tossed around, like avoid all foreign entanglements would be very good advice for the Ukrainian Republic. would be like, hey, right? don't let Giuliani in here. Yeah, also, like, get all of these Putin people Yeah, get all, like, like, this is like, ba- take back like that is the context of that quote. Either. Whereas today, like, yeah. I, you know, there's like, I, you know, like, with, it's from, from Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. We, for better or for worse, have become the most powerful nation in the world ever. And like, that requires us to have foreign entanglements. Like, we... We, we don't have. Yeah, a totally. We don't. We don't have the luxury. We don't level. have the luxury of not having foreign entanglements. I never, like, I never understood that Spider Man was a neocon until right now. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty incredible. Oh, dude, that's yeah. it's a political. It's a political. Yeah, dude, it's propaganda. Actually, that yeah. came out during the that, 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 can, we, can we also say like, why do foreign entanglements inherently mean war? Military entanglement. Well, I mean, war war will come for you. I just that's the nature of humans. Like war. There's no such thing. Right, as no but. Wars. Can we, like, not pledge that just because we're a power means that we have to get militarily involved in other countries? We can entangle ourselves with foreign... Well, we tried that you know, after World War One. We were like, fuck this. That was And guess so what? It came ago. for us. That like, was 50 so years ago. It's like, not that long ago. It's like, that that's shit's coming back. so long ago. Well, well it's like... Yeah, 50 it's years ago, I wouldn't have been able to drink out of the same water fountain as you. Sure. It's just not... Yeah, I, I know, but, but... no, I do can't think... just keep comparing to the past and be like, oh, because it was this, this this way then it's going to be this way in the future i i do think the the you're, you're butting up against size like core philosophical beliefs that this time is not different this time is not different yeah like <laughs> well it is like like for example really like china's great, like uh, no, here's one Here, here's a good question for you here we go this is what i always hit trevor with i'm gonna hit you guys with it like okay democrat like we don't want to get entangled here's a nice democratic country let's call it you know let's just let's keep it generic Here's a quaint little democratic country that's been very prosperous. They have nice democratically elected people. They're making social progress. They're making economic progress. They're just doing their own thing, having a good life, not bothering anybody. Next door neighbor is evil, big, bad, tyrannical government and says, no, we want you as part of us. And we're going to obviously get rid of all your democracy and all that good stuff too because we're going to consume you and integrate you. 
And we're over here on the side. Mm-hmm. We're over here across the ocean. Not our problem, obviously, at all, in any way, not our problem. But do we, do we have a responsibility to that small nation to help them? And two, should that big bad nation consume, begin trying to consume that little one, do we have a responsibility to get involved with force? Like, I'm just saying, like, that scenario, it, it's happened in the past. It's happened. 2014. It's happened in, in Japan. You know, like, it's Ukraine. happened. Sure. Every, every say, decade for, how like, about this? all of the How about that is the only circumstance in which we are allowed to get involved with foreign governments okay. on the There's military wise? Well, so, if you have. How so about I mean, that? I, I can just, like, so I, we, I can just, like keep we going through scenarios and we end up back where I, we are. There's this, I have this book right here called Just and Unjust Wars. It is one of the best books you can read on just war theory. And here he outlines very clear criteria. This is right at West Point in the Naval Academy. It's like the textbook on just warfare. And there's, I don't have all the criteria memorized, but there are like specific criteria that For determine just whether something is a just war or a non-just war. Some of them are like self-defense. One of them's like genocide, preventing genocide. Yep. Right? Yeah, like, like there are like, well, yeah. situations It gets into like gray areas, it makes though. Sense. But the reality is we have so much foreign entanglement that is not based on any of those it's about at oil. all. And Trump's saying that out loud, which I find hilarious. Well, He's I, tweeting I, I, about I, the fact that we got the oil. It's certainly <laughs> about oil, but it's also about other things. Like, for example... Like, we're not help, hurting what if, Big Ben, what, North Korea. Okay, what if... How about this? How about this? Yeah, they've been threatening to kill everyone. Why haven't we in, intervened there? Well, we, we have a treaty with South Korea that says if you get attacked, we get, we'll go to war. So yeah. we are involved there. That's a foreign entanglement. Yeah. Like that's very much a foreign entanglement, and it's worked. Our our commitment to use force in defense of that democracy has preserved that democracy for fifty plus years, to the to the empowerment of the South Korean people. Yeah, and I think actually this is where you draw the line, right? And so this is actually to your oversimplified example of yeah. small. I mean, I'm just, I was doing Taiwan and China. Sure. Yeah. All right, well. Taiwan and China. Okay, but like, <laughs> let, I like the uh, South Korea North Korea example because yeah. I think it's a very it's a nice solution, right? Like, we have some subset of the population. You know, at the end of the Korean War, there was literally a bridge where, like, when they got, agreed to a ceasefire, Koreans could go left or they could go right. Yeah. They could pick. Yeah. And that's it forever. Like, you're going south or you're going north. Yeah. Right? And after that time, we defended this small, fledgling democracy. We protected it. Well, it was a military without... dictatorship at first, but yeah. yeah eventually okay. it became a democracy. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sure. I, don't know that. I, don't know I didn't know that, actually. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But now, look at it. Speaking yeah. of hope and light, you could yeah. argue that American influence, being under our like wing yeah. and like major trading partner, balance, counterbalance to the power of China, whatever. So on and so forth. Whatever. Yeah. Like, we've done a really good job of creating a prospering, democratic, just, just technocratic right. nation. It's a yeah. very cool place. And uh, you look at North Korea, we're not doing any uh, preemptive strike. Yeah. You know, in fact, I actually like Trump talking to him. I mean, maybe not Trump. I wish he sent someone smarter. But like, yeah. Yeah. we should be engaging with the yeah. government over there. Right? The I, I agree with That's that. That's the policy. Like, with, we have to talk to him. Yeah. Without. Yeah. Without. I don't like, disagree with him. Right. Though. And you know, I think the sanctions and shit. This goes into my sort of like, you know, you could paint me lefty, anti-war, like yeah. old-school hippie in this way. But like, I, I genuinely will. happy to do so. Ha- yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> happily wear that wear that color. But the. Uh, you know, you look at North Korea and like you look at sanctions more generally. Yeah. Sanctions, I mentioned this with Iran, sanctions really are just like you're doing warfare on the poor of a country, hoping that those poor people get so angry that they create their own internal political pressure and that leads to a more organic regime change. I think that's just a, a more sneaky and fucked up way to cause that. I think I in the context of North Korea, right, like where you have like a, a huge like population that's like under under government yeah. surveillance military yeah. dictatorship yeah. whatever you want to call it it's horrific conditions over yeah. there yeah. instead of sanctions you just say hey whatever you need we'll trade with you 
You know, like we're gonna open up our ports. We've had, to, yeah, We've yeah, had yeah. this conversation. We're gonna export our blue jeans. We're gonna export our McDonald's. Hey, have you tried Chick Fil A? Well, what do you hey, say to my what, what do you say to my rebuttal? And you know my rebuttal. Hold on. Let me finish the. Let me finish the. Okay. Let me finish the pitch. All right. So obviously now you know you, you open them up, right? You, you now have the ability. You you have the ri- You run the risk of maybe economically enabling the people in power, right? Which you do. So, yeah. Most you likely do. you will. And so now they're going to they're gonna you know they're not gonna be like some you know, backwoods, uh, you know, like, struggling to survive the They're going to be armed to the teeth. teeth. They're going to have, like, nuclear power plants. They're going to, like, but eventually, when you... Conceivably. When, conceivably. Are, and yeah. I think, honestly, this kind of goes all the way full circle back to a free market position, right, is what ends up happening is the most successful form of government and economic prosperity that North Korea can have within their country, and they'll recognize this, they will start falling behind without accessing our markets. Right, and so you will see them start to Wait, liberalize. Well, yeah, they will access our markets. They will access we'll our markets. Them access to but our markets. without like true free trade, so with without engaging with our markets in a like honest and like free trade way, like they're going to fall behind slowly and steadily. Now, well, they could do like authoritarian capitalism. They can try, right? But eventually, just like with China, you get the you get the birth of a middle class. And guess what? The middle class, they want some things. They want economic... How do you have a middle class in an authoritarian state? Though? Look at China. China's yeah. a perfect example. No country has ever lifted more people like, out of poverty North than China. North Korea is not trying to lift people out of poverty. Well, that's because they don't have, they don't have access we, to anything. We, yeah, we've we've shut up. them down from the world. They're not allowed to trade with the world. Their only trade comes through black markets in China and Russia. So, like, like if we open them up to the world... Bomb them with capitalism. Bomb them with capitalism. Right? Eventually you get a middle class there and you start liberalizing from within instead of destabilizing from within. Do which you is, think that works? I do with a long enough timeline. Tolerant, and that's yeah. the thing. You have to be tolerant of that because then you allow people to slowly adopt good ideas and self-determine their own cultural identity and modernize and liberalize. I think that's the natural yeah. arc of society. And I think I that sanctions and this military neocon Cold War attitude of like, Let's get bases everywhere. Let's get troops everywhere, and let's sanction everybody who's not like playing ball. I think is really counterproductive in the long run. I, I do, agree. I think that was a lot. Yeah. So. I think bases are good. Number one. I really. I'm oh glad. yeah. Sorry. Let me. All right. Let me. Let me. Back I, 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 like, I, I got. I, I rambled a bit. Hold on. Real, real, real quick. So the South Korea example, we did put bases. Yeah, right? those are good bases. And those are good bases, yeah. right? Like we are protecting this region without the without the preemptive strike. Yeah. All I'm suggesting is that we couple that sort of defensive policy yeah. of liberal, democratized places, yeah. purely defensive. We couple that with a very liberal and open trade, like free market. So sort of if someone economic. does something bad, right? Like say a country does something bad that we don't like, um, that doesn't have to be genocide, not rising to that level. So, for example, I would think like... What's uh, an example? What type I, of scale are you talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about? scalars here, okay? So, like, let's say... Because um, the response matters. Yeah, matters. yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, like China. I'll do China, but I, I, we could do a million others. But, like, you know, like, what's going on in um, Western China with... Yeah. with the Uyghurs. Uyghurs, yeah. yeah, right? Like, what a is... people in concentration. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's... You know, the, people are using concentration camp, and like I think you know Reddit is taking it a little too yeah. far. But it's some it's, serious it's, 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 yeah, yeah, camps, totally. And it's it's not quite genocide, but it's like this like cultural erasure, like yeah, systematic cultural the like culture. like they're, they're not like yeah, culture. they're not exterminating the people. They're doing something. So anyways, it's some so that's bad. Shows. We don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like that. I don't like. What that. are our what are our non neocon non kind of Cold War mentality options for uh? For pushing back, or do we just say, you know what, 
let it run its course, and then in the long run, the best ideas will win out. You ready for some sickening consistency? Okay. Yeah, I think yes, 100%. And I, this is very uncomfortable to say in 2019. Yeah. But I'm stretching out the timeline and I'm trying to think like longer term. Yeah. I'm thinking on the scale of like hundreds to thousands of years of human society yeah. rather than like just my lifetime. Yep. So within my lifetime, of course, like what's happening in Western China is an atrocity, it's a human rights violation, it's all those things. Yeah. But I think in the long run, should we not intervene? Should we not? I mean, see, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's tough to say out loud. But I think in the long run that good ideas went out. I'll say that. I do. I and think, I think maybe that, you're like, right. if you if you like, if we don't do anything, yes, there's a chance like the Uyghur culture gets erased. They get incorporated into mainland China and the, the Han sort of yeah. top-down Confucian communist thing. free market thing heaven filters all in, in the heaven, right? yeah. and China is going to continue to develop as an economic power. Eventually, it's going to maybe consume a few more nations along the way. It's going to grow, and it's going to out, outstrip us. It's going to eclipse us. Consume us, maybe. Maybe even, yeah. Who knows? Eventually, I believe good ideas went out. And I think that China so, will be forced to liberalize further. Yeah. They will be forced to be, you, it's just like what we talked about, co, we talked about coalition building within our country. Yeah. If they're gonna try to do some global coalition uh, building, if you wanna be Alexander the Great, you wanna consume 25 different cultures and call it an empire, you have to be, you have to accept diversity of idea and free thinking. Because anyone who's tried Whoa, to like- sickening any, pro-imperialist No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pro-imperialist at all. I'm saying that imperialism- pro-imperialist I'm saying imperialism I mean, we eventually decays. Street, right? yeah. like, imperialism I, yes, decays. decays, yeah, it's natural. And, and the, 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 yeah. the type so of- So you're saying just let them do it until it decays? Eventually, yes. I'm saying that like the, the empires so that lasted the longest- So in Nazi Germany? I don't know. See, that's well, see, I, mean, I would say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from genocide. I'm like, say, yeah. let's get... It's not quite a genocide. It's more. Genocide? It's more of a culture. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that. Ethnic cleansing. There's a lot of ethnic cleansing. We don't know China enough China. about it, but yes, it's really I fucked mean, up. I've, it's really fucked up. Are we up. doing anything like, right now? Are no, we involved at all? Of course not. Well, I mean, we can say we're pushing. Yeah, whatever. So that's one example. But like, you know, I'm thinking about the Persian Empire, which lasted a thousand years, right? And the Persian Empire spanned from Egypt. Right, we're talking, and, and all the way it went out to but like don't you Eastern know history, Africa. This is this time's different, dude. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I, 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 I will let you use. I will let you use Persia because I think it's a good example. I think Persia, so from east from East Africa all the way out to India. Yeah. Right. And all they were like nations, the most. They were the most like the pro diversity. Like most pro diversity. All they said was, "Hey, throw some tax dollars to the central government in Damascus or Babylon, wherever wherever they're." I think it was Nineveh. But Nineveh. That was like the. Assyrians. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Wait, where was the Persian capital? Oh, it was Persopolis. It was Pers Persopolis. Yeah, Persopolis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, throw some tax dollars our way. You can have whatever religion you want. You can have whatever culture you want. You can self-determine and have your own types of governments. I honestly don't care. Just send me some tax dollars Tribute. in exchange. Here are some roads. Yeah. That's and that's what they did. And you know what? This I, is the most. I think that goat is the defensive only, imperialism I've ever it's heard. Not imper it's but not it imperialism. It's, it's not imperialism. It I'm, gonna is I'm gonna pitch that. I'm gonna say like, okay, let's just change the things around. And like, all of a sudden, you're America, defending you're defending the British America. Empire. No, yeah. I was gonna say the yeah, British, British Empire. Empire. No, it's I like know. let's build roads and like institutions in India and like you put you end up pre improving. Yeah, I'm just saying to the extent that I'm, all I'm saying is that our role <laughs> as the strongest power yeah. should be to rein it in, be defensive. Let the world go. Let the world go as it will. And if you're a big power. And you you want to take the opposite approach of the United States, which is doing its thing over here, yeah. and you want to try to take over some nations. What you're going to find as a big power is that you're going to eventually either have to like liberalize and like allow diversity of thought and idea yeah. to flourish in your empire, yeah. 
which is distinct Good. from the American thing, or alternatively, America, it's going to fall apart. It's going to yeah. fall apart organically, and you're going to have a bunch of little nations, just like we, you know, yeah. you're going to continue to have cycles of revolution. So you, you're telling America, you're, you're though, telling me we're doing that right now in the Middle East. Well, no, I'm I'm saying we we're, what we're doing is we're, we're dictating getting to other people what they should be. We're I mean, dictating you're, other we're countries. dictating free thought, right? I'm not dictating no, free no, thought. No, no, no. He's, he's suggesting that free thought will I'm, will well, bubble up through the cracks, right, exactly. you know, right. no matter how much you pave over it. I'm also saying that America currently is using an imperialist mindset and dictating free ideas to all of these countries in the Middle East. They're trying to build these like democratic. Yeah, and I'm saying states. we shouldn't do that. I'm saying but we that, should sit on the. Free? I'm saying we should sit on the sidelines, and that within those places, just let it play out. Let okay. Free thought will eventually overcome, and we can sit here on the sidelines and champion free thought. If a little beacon of free thought pops up, we can go and build a wall around it. No, no, and, whoa, and, whoa, and point some missiles. Wait, wait, no, wait. So we are gonna, we are gonna get involved. That's no, 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 I'm just saying if they, if they ask it, I, I, No, I'm saying like if another little country like South Korea pops up. And says like we want to be I don't know some like beacon of free thought as what well. What if they're like when when we do like, want, we what defend I, that country? I, I find that I, if they ask us, so we are. Why would you militarize that region if you didn't have to? I though? wouldn't. I wouldn't. If the if the people if a self determined government asks the United States, hey, can you come in and help us because there's some big baddies around us and we're a little beacon of light here and we don't really have the funds for a military right now. Yeah. I think that's completely different than us going in Love to it. a dark place. So you're pro, you're pro, you're pro. This Kurt sounds a little bit like our relationship with Israel, also. Yeah. In a way that I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, if you pay them, it's like they're just good people. But How like Israel is like a fucking decide? horrible military state terrorizing Palestinians in the well, 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 West Bank. Well, we yeah. Texas <laughs> is like, I don't want to be a part of this country anymore. California is like, I don't want to be part of this country anymore. So what? You're just gonna let them like build a wall around the border of California? This is Trevor's policy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna troll you. Everyone's, everyone's coming at me. Trevor's, right Trevor's policy yeah, is. Let me throw you, you yo, did really I'm gonna roll a joint. This is the national policy. Is, yo, we're gonna roll a joint. We're gonna let history roll by, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> we're just gonna get stoned and like eat cheeseburgers every year in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Poison history will be history. Whatever happens, happens. Atmosphere. History goes on. We know that, and we're cool. I, I also, I think what you're saying about the, having, having one state rule, like everyone, even like loosely, like you're kind of arguing the degree to which imperialism means like this is going like libertarian at the extreme end. I think that there Anarchism. is a there's a middle ground that we haven't talked about, which is like us Neo cooperating with other world powers. And to the extent yeah. that like Are you just gonna that's what yeah. I, well, that's the whole other aspect. We were, we were oh, if you want. Well, well, yeah, we were talking. Yeah. We were talking like we very like extremes, we like. And also, military. obviously, I feel like we probably all agree that maybe Sai, you don't agree, but military action is the last resort. Yeah, we get attacked yeah. first, and then we go down. Diplomatic side of my. No, but I just I don't even know that we necessarily build a base until. How do you defend going into a country, like against the countries? The bigger countries will. Yeah, I'm not defending. Hold on. Defe against like the 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 whoever is in power of this country, you're going against them, and you're going in to their country to help a little faction of their of their government it's or their people be like, hey, we've decided to, that we're self determined and we don't want to be a part of this country anymore. And we want to do democracy. And so democracy. you're going to be like, yeah, sure. Uh, do you champion free ideas? Yeah, we champion free ideas. So you're gonna go in and arm them and like defend them well, from well, the country. Well, let's let's take it concrete. Let's take it concrete. Um, there's a little country in the desert, and uh, there's a civil war, 
and then one corner of the country is rule is taken by this ethnic population, the corner of the country that has traditionally been, uh, pa- you know, papered over and you know and submerged and kept kept down, and this this corner, ethnic corner of the country. Uh, organizes and they implement a, a government that is really like pro and pro like democracy and very equal equality just governance um and, and yeah and i'm saying this i'm let's painting a picture little, of northwest syria and kurdistan village. this is mm-hmm. this, this is the kurds in okay, north yeah. northeast syria trying to self-determine and and I they are a beacon of light if you read about how they've organized their society up there it's, it's actually a- quite it's, it's socialist yeah. anarchy. Yeah, it's really and it's, complete, it's like this complete gender it's, equality. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. So Trevor wants to go yeah, build a wall around it and put our guns there. That's what you want to do. You want to? You no, your policy would be pro. That's what you just said. You would build a wall around them and arm them. Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. I don't think you'd do. He started off. wanted to pull out, and now he's pulling in. No, let me answer your question. Go for policy. Let me answer your question with a question. Okay. Let me answer your question with a question. Wow. Great. Yeah. Why? Why is it that the? Why is it that we have this little pocket of people who all think the same way, are ethnically distinct from the surrounding region. Yeah. Are, 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 they're not. They are. The Kurd, you know, the yeah, Kurds are. Yeah, they're different than the Arabic people. They're different than the Turkish people. I mean, they're if like, you look at it like ancestrally DNA, they're sure. all. Of course, but they, they are people. people. They, they, have, they would consider themselves distinct, of course, right? They have their narrative. Let me ask, I'm all asking is that how did this little pocket of people strip, come to be stretched across three different countries? Rather than colonialism. having its own collective colonialism, colonialism exactly. The British and the French came in and drew nations with different groups. They put minority groups in power of majority populations, and the Kurds didn't get any consideration whatsoever. They were just sort of like disregarded completely when the maps were drawn. So yeah, now we have little pockets of parts of Syria, right, that are popping up and saying, "Hey, we're different people, and we don't want to get steamrolled by the t- Turks." Yeah, we also don't necessarily. Like want to pers- like you know fold ourselves in with Assad? I don't know. Is the answer? That's I think it's a question, very difficult question. question. That's a good question. I, more, I don't know. I don't so, know is a fair answer. Yeah, and I'm just telling you that like they are a border case for me, and I'm thinking and I'm thinking of this sort of foreign policy and shit. Like it really is a case by case basis. When you look at the Kurds, I honestly would love to bring all of the stakeholders to the table from the Assad regime, the Turkish regime, Kurdish leaders. And you know anyone Hatch in the surrounding out. area, and try to have negotiations and conversations to be like, hey, maybe it makes sense. Let's let's not look at the last twenty years, which are tough not to just focus on just the last twenty, but let's go back a hundred years. Let's talk about why these lines got drawn in the first place. Now you have a lot of people. We've talked about human like people being corrupt. We've talked about leaders like not willing to cede. Uh, power. They're certainly not willing to cede parts of their land. So yeah. I'm not like rosy, rosy colored glasses here. That I, I think that this could actually happen. It but could if, we, if world, we beat them into it with military power. Or, or maybe yeah. I don't or know. economic power or sanctions. Economic power, and maybe that's why you wield alliances diplomatically to try to pressure yeah. nations into doing things. Yes. I think I got this whole fight. thing got set up when I said. But yeah, the Kurds don't. They shouldn't have to listen to Assad. They shouldn't have to listen to Erdogan. I, I support the Kurds 100. percent but only with words, not with action. Yeah. I don't know what type of yeah, yes. exactly. it's tough. Exactly. I would I think the no, action would be diplomatic. That's yeah. Well diplomatic I mean, action. I think words diplomatic carry weight too. I words think it, carry I think, weight. I think it matters if we're if the United States is up in the UN every day and we've got our, our secretary of the UN out there just like, you know, 
ramming this message home to the other le- nations of the of the world, like, hey, the that curse, is rosy colored yeah, glasses. I know, but I'm just saying, there's, you, there's there are options besides sending the special forces. Well, there's options, and there's yeah. and there's things like and that's why sanctions. People like sanctions and economic. I, yeah, I think there but are. I, but I, you make a good point about okay, but, but you want the sanctions. You need there's incentives. You're only focusing on the disincentives. There's all sorts of incentives we can provide we nations to reward them for good behavior instead of only punishing with sanctions and punishing with the military. Uh, yeah, There's two ways to influence the world, that's true. positive I, or negative. I just think... Um, I'm going to roll this up. Go for it. <laughs> I, I think I think you're making an interesting point about like the Thank kind you. of colonial-drawn borders that now the Middle East has to live with, and same with Africa, and same with like, yeah, Latin America. But it's also... But I think... like What's the statute of limitations on like parts of the world that we fucked up? Like With the Iraq War... I think it did make sense to try to stabilize the government and, you know, I again, I don't really have a, as deep a foreign policy appreciation of this kind of thing as maybe other people do. Maybe we shouldn't have pulled out when we did, I don't know. But I don't, like, are we still responsible for reconciling differences with, like, how nation states were drawn up in the Middle East 50 plus years ago? That was a Brit- British and French. We weren't even involved in that shit. It's not our fault. Yeah, that's true. So are they? It may not be our fault, but it's, so then let's, it's, this let's is the not real make it. Let's yeah, try to take our know. American guilt out of this. Are are Britain and France responsible for those countries? I think so. I think they should absolutely. Well, they don't. Have they are not responsible for them now because they don't have the power or influence to to to. to so you think that the responsibility the is at least the primarily based on our ability? Yeah, I mean, again, like, like, uh, not those just our countries, quite frankly, have no ability within reason to significantly impact the fortunes of the Middle East, I would say. They can, and they try. Like, but like, you know, like, you know, like, France, like, they just don't have, they don't have the weight. They don't, no one cares. So you're, okay, so to, just to sum it up, so you're, the pillars of your belief in U.S. interventionism are... Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't try to paint me as an interventionist, (laughs) just because I, I would, I point out the quandaries of, 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 trying to be anti-interventionist and that yeah. there's things that pull us in and those things are often terrible bad policy bad things but oftentimes it is the right choice intervention often is the right choice foreign foreign entanglement often is the right choice it may not always be it certainly isn't always we know it's not always but sometimes it is and it's a hard puzzle sometimes it is we didn't intervene in Rwanda in yeah, 1994 yeah. and we should have and we did yeah. intervene in Yugoslavia around the same time yeah. Yeah. and it worked I yeah I, well. I think that I yeah know, you know to an, to an extent yeah well there you go now yeah. it's a lot of kind of corrupt kleptocracies down there but yeah not out and out ethnic cleansing which is great love to see it but yeah I mean I think like it Good I job think world. maybe I think to an extent <laughs> we agree but just to not to the same degree. Yeah, I think I think I would I would be more hesitant in general to I mean, listen, to put boots on the ground, I build think, a base, whatever. It is. You know, like you know, it's you you, you talk about we will talk in abstract, and then you get into the specific questions of like today's foreign policy, like right. So I that's think like the first. Matters. Well, I, I like talking abstract. Yes, because but you, you also my abstract my abstract situation set you up with that. You went on that whole thing because your characterization of how foreign policy should be because I set you up with the abstract of how. Do, what tools are available to say bad country? You're bad. Don't do that. Us, you know, outside. You know, what tools? What do we? What do we get to do? And I, I think, think you basically came down. You basically came I'm down with. You basically came in with. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to have open markets, 
free, yeah. free trade, and yep. and at best we can encourage good behavior with incent with like in infrastructure investments or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like no, whatever, fine. I would say, if that's your foreign policy, you're going to number one, look uh, like China, building a Belt and Road Initiative, getting the buy-in of all the local nations and, and the buy-in of the local nations. I mean, not maybe not the Asian nations, but as you move into Eurasia and like there, there are a lot of people who are like those, those going to benefit from like their inve infrastructure investments. Primarily the the. the the kleptocratic governments of Central Asia. Sure, uh, I mean, sure, but yeah. you can't argue that that having greater infrastructure in, you know, I can. A corrupt part I can of the argue world, against it. Climate change. You can change. argue that that. Yeah, sure, but you, it's bad for climate change. All right. Well, they're also yeah. investing more in renewables than any other government. Well, I, I'm yeah, that's yeah. Well, we I, have no moral high ground. Yeah. On. Oh, yeah, we do have moral high ground. <laughs> no, we, we do. Don't. We're not doing anything. Over so many of the Obama era regulations on standards, efficiency standards, Lauren can probably speak to this better than any of us, have been rolled back, or at least are under attack by the Trump administration. Sure. I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to say on more high ground on climate change, because we don't. None of us do. Yeah. We are the top 1% of consumers. Every single light is off in this house. The only thing plugged in is this microphone. So no. We're doing a pretty job. We're doing our part. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> we are the top 1% of carbon emitters, for sure. All well, per us capita, four, too. Us right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, of the world, yes. I, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, top per capita, well, Americans are, and yeah, you're right. Being, you know, well, being in New York, we're far more efficient than, than the average. The rest American. of the, yeah, so we're not Americans. we're not top ten, tenth of a tenth, or not tenth of a percent, but we're probably top. We're percent. top top percent in the world. I mean, there's six billion people. So are we are we one of the worst six hundred million carbon emitters in the world? I'd say I probably am. Yeah, that, yeah, you are for I'm, sure. I think I am. You are. I am all that reveling are. around. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like totally, like so. Being an American means that you emit more carbon than I anyone else. I think we are I actually have, lower than the average because New York City is yeah. considered the greatest city in the country. Do you? Does well, yeah. anyone here have I mean, a car? Are, no, yeah. No. I actually have a car, but I don't. All right. Really well, agree then with it. you're but part yeah. of the problem. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud of being part of the climate change problem. What? Uh, like yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm proud of it. Pause. I'm like, yo, I consume. <laughs> well, I consume and I admit it. I'm, and my conscience is clear. Are you proud of it? Listen, I that do what I can. That doesn't strike you as a, oh, I'm part of the problem, so let me Do you mean you feel compelled my... to be honest about it, or you are actively yeah. proud of the I would, I'd say, adverse effects? I'd say, number one, I think that's a, good, that's a good characterization. I'm compelled to be honest about the fact that I am the top 1% of climate that's different than being proud of it. And I and I'd say and I'm and I'd, I'm proud of the fact that I'm clear-minded about it. Is what I should say. I'm I'm proud of the fact that I honest and I am also proud of the fact that I do my part. I live in a very small apartment. I have no AC. I don't. I try not to consume frivolously. I have shitty clothes. I don't buy new clothes. I I try okay, to consume. So then you do. I, okay. so, so I wouldn't say you I, wouldn't say you're proud of the adverse effect. You're just someone who's not going to lie and say you're, you're not. You're proud of being you're That's honest. Fine. You're just I'm honest proud of my it. honesty about it, and I and I and I think also sure totally what is, what different is in response to that yeah. because I think that's Very the other different. side of the story. I guess that my it's in response to, I think there's always the, a contrarian angle. You just like leave your car idling, just like, no, of course, and like I <laughs> I do use my car. I go hiking, for example. Hiking is totally not um, climate change friendly because I drive my car all the way up to that Adirondacks and back. Terrible for the environment, mm -hmm. but um I do it, mm -hmm. and I have to live with it. Uh, yeah, we all we all fly. Oh. I would just say, like, uh, the fact of the matter is, every carbon emission is a function of consumption, right? Like, it's it you trace it through. It's not like it's oils being consumed for the sake of oil consumption. It's for, it's to build these speakers and these and this food in your pants and everything. Like, these are made out of recycled water bottles. Doesn't matter. It's still oil. <laughs> yeah, it's still oil. yeah, and it was it, all all the trucks right. that moved it, all the electricity, all the cycling. It's all oil, and yeah, and oil and natural <laughs> gas, I guess. But um, so I. 
you know, cons the fact of the matter is, we're all, it's not the evil guys at Exxon. It's not the evil guys in the Trump administration. It's even not though only the... It's not, yes. Well, it's not, you know... They are part of a Well, they, maybe they are evil for other reasons. But structure. I'm just saying, like, the, the function... It's the consumption of, of and our lifestyles that is it's where... It's also the lobbying money that they put into the government so that no one even knows how to change the consumerism or even, like, yeah. goes towards that as a yeah. revenue stream, as, like, a potential business opportunity. They are right. actively perpetuating the problem for profit. Though, even though, you know, you could argue and, and that all of us walking around, all of us walking around, all of us walking around. We have all dumb robots. Like, we'll consume whatever you flash <laughs> on a screen at us enough times. Yep. Like, totally it's not our responsibility. You can't just put it on the consumer to yeah. understand yeah, everything. Yeah. I would say. Individual would say. action also just, like, not efficient. Like, it, it has to be tough. I don't know. I think stuff like that has to be policy. Yeah. I, I, policy. I, 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 this is what I think. I think. I think the fact of the matter is, and if you want to stop cl climate change, Consumption of every American needs to go down by I don't know something like a half. Yeah, I agree. But at again, bare minimum, at bare minimum. The state and nobody, nobody is willing to. Bad. Nobody here, nobody in this room, and nobody in the country is willing to reduce their consumption by half. Sorry, that's the facts. No, I yeah. Agree. Well, yes, but you're the exception, right? No, I, I think don't, people I don't, who I don't, are. And I would push back. I don't think you would. I don't think you'd be willing to reduce your consumption by half. I would. You well, want to start today? Why not? How do we do it? We should first cut out all of our meat. Sorry, this is for another time. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think this realistically, I like, this like realistically going yeah, through this, and like, I already only shop at like we'd much stores, and we'd, like, I mean, I think I consume a lot less. Do you think you have to shop anymore? I think I already do consume a lot less than the average. Totally. I I think yeah. I do too. But your conscious is not clear. You're in the top no, one percent of the world. All the time. Every time I like. So I. Living here. There's the the difference is that. Politically, and in your in your kind of virtue model, your model of in personal virtue, you can either shift responsibility to all these evil actors out there and go on doing your go on doing your thing, uh, or you can just like not like I I just think it's disingenuous to shift the responsibility off yourself and your lifestyle and the lifestyle that you want to live, and and without recognizing that that is the source of the problem. There's it's not. I don't get to just say, it's those evil guys over there. I get to feel good about myself because I'm against those evil guys and just keep on consuming blatantly. That's this just is also like a very intellectual argument about climate change. There's yeah. a lot you can say about like climate justice and how like people just don't really link their consumption like that because they're not educated enough on the issue. And I think and that's the point you were making. Thing. I think like both Lawrence were making uh, different points but equally valid in response to the it's just anti-consumption. It's that the people, the big companies that are pulling, ripping the oil out of the ground who are A, getting subsidies and B, lobbying the government to continue uh, emitting carbon and we have our, our they're bribing our, our yeah, leaders. We, I know, we, and we consume all their shit, but I'm just, I'm just call, We pay them to continue emitting I know, of carbon. course, yes, but they're we also, they're also rigging the system for their own benefit and it's preventing- For our benefit too. Yeah, for our benefit, for us to keep consuming and it's paired with a lack of education, right? Our politicians are not educating the public, which should be their responsibility, safeguarding and I don't educating think they are. the public. I know they aren't. Like, Neither yeah. the Democrats yeah. or the Republicans. No, I know, exactly. Like signs on cigarettes, right? Yeah. Like Neither Democrats or we don't, Republicans. There's no one talking about meat consumption. There's no one talking about factory farming. There's no one talking about like Buying our own consumption. Or yeah, like, Cory Booker's a vegan. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's like, like, it's the, like there are evil actors who are actually like preventing that. Right, and there are people who are also so. negligent at the wheel. 
and I it's think the people in power. Like you're a very educated consumer. There's most people are not walking around with the understanding of like I global think, supply chains and yeah. that oil is make that all their clothes are made from oil. I think it most American no no no. no. I didn't I even think realize that was making oil until I was like in college. Everybody I didn't realize it until this conversation. Almost everything in this room think? is made from oil. Everything. Yeah. Everything is like everything. it. Literally, literally every. Rug, we chose this rug because it's it was oil. made out of cotton. Where did it come from? Cotton. Where? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Cotton from New Jersey? No, I'm just kidding. It exactly. came from, it came from <laughs> India or something. Yeah, it was I'm all, saying, like the machines that parse it, the, the transport, the whole thing was produced by oil. The the, the synthetics that connect. It's like it's everything is oil. This was handmade. It's oil. Side. Handmade with what? Stitched together with what fabrics? With cotton. And how are those fabrics stitched cotton. together? How 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 are? They? With probably a metal needle. So you don't think any oil went into the production of that thing? I don't know, but I'm just saying that there are choices that consumers can make because we were choosing between this yeah. cotton rug. This might this be lower oil. Like it, this is that's good. That is good. I agree. Is, these I are the small things that you can do as I, consumers. Yeah. Or you can just have if no rug. Going to, right. Could the have best no rug, thing you right? can do is have no rug. And that's the thing. But we're saying that there, there is... Um, we're going to keep drawing the line better and better, and but future generations will still look back at us and be like, say, they oh, had a washer and dryer so in every home. I know. I'm not... I don't... I live that life, obviously. Yeah. I live the same life as you guys do. It's like not like I'm cleaner than you by any means. Mm-hmm. If anything, you... Well, you actually are from a... Just well, because I don't have AC. I think yeah, that's, that's my the big, biggest... That's our biggest aspect so that's that's my. We, we put on the heat like a day ago. Oh, yeah, I turned my heat off. Yeah. Thirty seconds. Because it smelled it bad. Because yeah. it smelled bad. Not because you weren't cold. What I would say is like my thing is like I agree. There's those actors kind of like being against it and all yeah. that. Stuff. I think the bigger problem is the. Um, and I think it, you you characterize it as education. Where we need this education it's apathy, top down. But it's like, I think it's also like the fact is the climate change movement, the climate change politics, the. The lens by which we view it is a uh, a pointing a finger at responsibility at someone other than ourselves. And if, if intellectual movement was grounded, if the political movement was grounded in personal responsibility for the actions, for my actions, for the fact on the ground that my wealth, my living standards that I hold dearly and everybody holds dearly, and everybody wants larger living standards, whether they admit it or not, or maybe not everybody, but most people want larger, you know, better living yeah. standards. The fact is. That is that's the consumption. That's the climate change, and the the climate change movement. You will you don't hear that. You will never hear that from anybody on the left, anybody in the climate change movement, anybody in the environmental. Like it is a a like it is does not even figure into the conversation anywhere, anytime. I would push back. And I'm saying like that if it was if that was the primary like like from from that came all policy, came all conversation, all questions about what's the best way to solve it, uh, I think you'd find way more, um, I think you'd have a way more honest conversation. Let me, let and me a way more back, And though. a way more realistic conversation because instead of saying we're gonna be net zero in 2050, which sorry, is impossible, yeah. um, it, we would actually be able to have an honest conversation about what climate change is and what we can actually do about it no. and like what is going on. Instead of some people just pointing their finger and getting the set getting the high ground on, on you I mean, because you are, you're against it. It's like, I'm against it? Like, what are you doing? What let, are you let me about? push back on your rampant individualism because there is a, I think, you know, this is where we might disagree about the efficacy or role of government or of large, like, collective units within mm-hmm. society having an impact here. But I would say that we've seen, and I believe it is possible, to decouple con- energy consumption, first of all. From with, carbon. From, no, from quality of life. 
Yeah. So from quality of life improvements. Really? Yes, because we've seen over the last like, if you look at like our GDP and the energy curve, right? right yeah. It was always thought that those two yeah. were tied together. And the efficiencies have increased. And then and then we saw it. We saw, finally saw energy consumption of the country plateau while GDP kept going up. And that's a recent event. Now, a lot of that was due to the recession, right, which happened at the same time. Yeah, there's but, also efficiency Yeah, gains. there's also efficiency gains. And there's a, there's a greening of the supply stack, as you and I know. And, like, you know, so over time, it is possible, I to think, from, carbon to from decouple carbon from quality of life. Yeah. So you're, you, it, people yeah, won't have to give up. The people standing in the way of that are the people who work long. Exactly. Yes. It is going to take too long. long. If you are, you have to, you have to also decrease. You have to, yes, of course. It's both. Of course, it's both. I just wanted to make the point that it's not just on all of us throwing out our washing machine and dishwasher, that there's both top-down solutions and bottom-up solutions here that can help. Well, it's just that I, it, I think, it, see, it, I, I think the government that it should influences be. It's just that, that. That's the reality of the yeah, situation. Sure. Is like individual action both has positive effects on energy consumption and also acts as kind of like I don't want to say propaganda, but it's like good marketing but, and like yeah. good like kind of mobilizes a certain constituency to it, go out. Well, yeah. town you know, hall and say, or like whatever well, you know, it is, you know. What's interesting like, is you know what's greening, and we, you know you and I are working in, in the energy space, so we see this. Like the greening of our economy, sure, it's happening with uh, governments, but the leaders in the green revolution are really private industry right now on on both like the deployment of renewable assets, and maybe yeah, it's because and to meet to consumers. and they're responding That's to consumers, yeah. and it's so it's like yep. consumers are almost like no, 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 we're not actually willing to give up our consumption, maybe to your point, but we are willing to pay higher electricity rates. We are willing to buy green products. We do want to know. That we are willing to pay higher electricity rates. Uh, anyone who buys green energy, and that's like a, that's a huge, that's a growing segment of the population that people want to source their electricity. You and I were right. shopping. I'm, like, I'm thinking more about the average American. I feel like the average American is not going to want to pay more on their electricity. It is going up. You'd be yeah. surprised. It is going Number up, and the cost down. of electricity is going down. So demand for green products is going, okay, but demand for green products is certainly going up across the country, right? And I think like, we're asking our companies, yeah, we're just asking our companies to green up their operations. We're asking Google to get solar panels and companies are racing to be like, I'm the greenest, I'm the greenest. And like, I I think think that's positive. Yeah, that's a positive impact from this like sort of finger wagging that we're doing, right? So the finger wagging is not inherently bad because it is causing the private sector to it's not, it's even not if it's not inherently bad in so far, I agree. Even if it's just for profit, sure. they're still responding to public sentiment that's like, but oh, I want greater yeah. shit. The finger wagging, I'm just gonna here's my claim, is that this approach to climate change is so disingenuous and so dishonest yeah, that it is. the fact of the it's matter is the that. finger wagging it's hard to will not get us anywhere near no, any sort of net zero twenty fifty yeah. it's just a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. There's no way to green the supply stack to anything near 100% if we're going to keep consuming this much electricity. We when need to consume a third. Unless you elect politicians most. and you unless you elect I mean like, we just have to consume like a lot a of the people running in the primaries right now. A lot of the Democrats They're want strong government action in favor of climate change and that yeah. is going to Yeah, but to, that's not going to change your individual consumption. Yeah, the fact of the matter is like everybody has to consume to Like here's the thing. That's the number one thing that needs to change. We all have to consume two thirds less like Cons- like, I, I hate to break like, to you, but the we input- have to have poor living standards. Uh, yeah, well, I hate to break yeah. the, 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 the truth. That's the truth. That. Who wants? Who's going to say that? Everyone's saying that. No Here's one's the saying thing. that. They no just one's don't saying realize they're saying it. They don't no. realize they're saying it because instead of changing their own consumption habits, they want to elect people who want to pass like very strict climate le- regis- legislation. Make us poorer. And you know what's going to happen? Yeah, eventually and people, it will and the Republicans down. get the pushback saying you're going to make us poorer, and they're being 
honest. How are they making us poor? Well, eventually the, those uh, policies are going to lead to us paying more dollars, unless you're going to fund everything with billionaire cash, which, you know. But even then, we have to consume less. I'm talking we about, like, if you less, incorporate, like, policy. renewable portfolio standards is a good example, right? Like, states are saying 50% of my car, like, Massachusetts right now, it's like 30% of your electricity has to be backed with renewable energy credits, right? And that, that percentage goes up every year, which means that people selling electricity have to continue subsidizing renewables more and more and more, and those costs go to ratepayers. The cost of electricity in Boston, well, that's the way the market's set up right now. Well, that's also, right. and it's tax dollars. Either way, so it's either ratepayer, you're either paying so it in your electricity bill, or you're paying it in your tax dollars. But either way, unless you're gonna tax billionaires and do like some progressive tax rate, Even if you, you tax know, billionaires. It it's not enough to like it. completely green the economy. Eventually, like you're either giving up consumption or the cost of consumption is going to become so burdensome that you're going to limit consumption yourself. Yeah, right. Or, like, or, or it's like naturally. you're going to take so much money out of the system to pay for the greenification so that you keep consuming that you, your consumption will go down because you won't have the money. You won't have the money exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so one way good. that's what I'm saying. One way or the other, one way or the other, consumption goes down, and it can be top down. But here's the problem: when it comes top down, and the people pushing it are saying, "No, this is the future." Everybody's gonna have better living standards, and we're gonna be green by 2050. That, that. That's so disingenuous that it legitimizes, it legitimizes resistance, saying you're gonna make. I don't know if it's disingenuous. You're lying to me. You're lying to I me. I would argue. I've literally never heard this argument. And so I would. I don't know. If, like, I think a lot of. I think a lot of the Republican resistance to climate change <laughs> is uh, founded on the belief well, that this will be more that this will make us rich like, poor. You're trying. This is gonna be make us poor. Yeah. Um, and. It's true. It's not if you value. That's true. It, it's not if you place the economic sure. value of climate change. Sure, sure, sure. right? Because like, talking, if you have hurricanes wiping out the country every don't year, that's that's part of it, right? Like, sure, but that's again, that would still be honest if you wanted to say your that. increased quality of life comes from hey, sure. we're going to decrease hurricane frequency and intensity. Sure. So yeah, maybe you can't buy a new iPhone because you're a little poor. Cool. But you're also not going to have as many natural disasters. If you want, if you want to make that pitch to people. That's fine, I, but that's not that's not the pitch that's being made. So that's my. That's I not. Don't really fully they understand that, that they vote that way in Louisiana. Louisiana was very uh, pro fossil fuel, and it's still Republican controlled in many ways. But they are Guys, started greening up the economy really a ton. I don't think that like. I don't know. We're just gonna become poorer just because we're trying to green the economy. Well, I'd say we we agreed that also, consumption like, is. Car Carbon emissions. We're not going to be doing. So I'm saying poor by like we're buying less things. Or we're, we're consuming like less. Our material living, material living yeah. standards like, are lower. We can also find different streams of revenue other than just tax dollars. Like we can also start, I don't know, exporting energy possibly if we like green up our actual renewable system and like, you know, we're talking about buying renewable energy credits. If our electricity is just powered by renewables instead of having to like do those credit offsets. I don't know. Well, that takes weird. a, in order to get from to here like, to there, yeah, it, it takes a years. huge investment too. Yeah, it takes trillions about. and trillions of dollars, but where trillions. do those dollars come from? Before we can export I mean, our green energy with like dispatchable battery boats, right? <laughs> like, you know, before we can do that, like we need to have, we need to have like that initial push, that initial investment. That's, that, yeah. and that's some a, of that can come from billionaires. Some of that can come from oil companies. A lot of it's going to come from ratepayers. A lot of it's going to come from tax dollars. At the end of the day, the dollars that get spent are the American dollars, yeah. one way or another. So it's either coming out of your bills because things cost more, or it's coming out of your tax dollars because we're. It's not 
worth it, though. No, exactly. I, I'm not, that's I, the point. I, I, but that's the case. That's the, saying that's, hard that's the honest that case. Yes. Yeah. So I'm saying that's okay. a hard sell. I'm but saying that's the honest, honest truth is a hard sell, and uh, but we should embrace the our, our uh, truth. How about the that's fact the that like we yeah. cut taxes? It's, it's a hard sell, but you got to embrace it. We weren't spending so much on defense. Yeah, I mean there are lots of ways that we could. You gotta pick one side. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have to pick anything because I'm not the one wagging my finger. I don't wag my finger at anybody. Except the me, the meta wag, I w- I do the meta wag. Yeah, you wag I'm, I'm wagging the waggers. Yeah, I'm wagging the waggers. That's my wool. If someone has to watch the Watchmen and I wag the waggers. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. What was that? Oh my god, did I just quit without saving? No, 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 no. no. Just stop.